0: At Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends if you don't know them?
1: So grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies. Like friends do.
2: There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax,
0: and enjoy the show.
2: Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room.
0: Hello and welcome to Civ Pop Writers Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week, I'm joined by Civ Pop Writers Nash. Hello, hello. As well as Jack. Hey, guys. It is uh, my special birthday episode, so it's the episode where nobody's going to tell me no, not that I let them anyway. But we are writers for SifPop.com. We do movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other mo- You're supposed to laugh at that, guy. I, I giggle. <laughs> <laughs> best ever challenges, movie reviews, other interesting movie-related columns. Make sure to check out our website, SifPop.com, to keep up with all that on the podcast today. Uh, we'll be giving our thoughts on uh, coming out, things coming out this week. Uh, and then on to that's uh, three movies Argyle, Ryan of the Dark, The Tiger's Apprentice. And for our sift um, topic, we're crossing movies off my watch list Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, Slumdog Millionaire, and Up in the Air are the three picks. Uh, and then we will have a B plot. And. Um, Kind of a bonus B-plot, because again, it's my birthday on release date, so um, nobody's going to tell me no, and uh, I think these are both just too good of ideas to not... Specifically, one of them is too good, but I don't know how m- how many things I could pick up, but yeah, we will do kind of a big B-plot and a small B-plot. Neither of them will be terribly big, I don't think, and a spinoff, uh, but first, let's get a chance to play around with Nash and Jack for a little bit with a game, we're going to do a... Rotten Tomatoes game that we've been playing here recently, I will will assign a topic and then we'll each have to give two films that we think on the Rotten Tomatoes, Tomato Meter, the critic side is going to add up as close to 100 without going over as possible and um, in that given criteria. And whoever's closest wins. Jack, why don't you give me a topic, a genre? Genre? A to- a genre... Okay. A, like uh, it could be even like you have to pick from you know movies that Sam Jackson is in or something. I think we yeah, did that I a was, couple weeks ago. Like if it,
1: yeah, if it can be anything genre
0: else, decade best picture winner you know, or like oscar nominees or whatever you know like I and mean, that might be a little bit difficult but like let's remember like a suicide squad is an oscar yeah. nominee you know I indiana was, jones and the dial of destiny oscar nominated you know i was thinking and in, in,
1: in spirit of at least one of the things we're discussing today let's do george clooney movies
0: oh yeah clooney movies he's been in a good amount too all right Oh man okay has he been in bad movies though? That's, that's what a, i'm thinking um, i was like i
2: need to think of a. A bad. Okay, movie.
0: I've got my, I've got my picks. Uh, I'm gonna go with a movie that I'm 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 guarantee is in the 90s, and a movie that I'm pretty sure is gonna be in the tens. I'm gonna pick. I think Fantastic Fo- Mr. Fox is a pretty safe bet as like for a sure. 90s for sure. That's pretty much universally beloved. I think. Yeah, and I'm also gonna pick. What's that? What's that football movie he did that nobody liked? Was it Leatherheads? No, Leatherheads was the parody. No, though, Leatherheads, right? I there was a parody cool. one that came out the same. I think that was the comebacks, right? So Leatherheads.
2: Yeah, I think he directed it. John Krasinski's in it. But
0: no, but nobody liked that, right? Like, this isn't a safe, or this is a pretty safe, like... I, I know Fantastic Mister, P- is pretty high, but like... I don't think should... I've ever seen it. So. Leatherheads should be a pretty safe, like, guaranteed no, no higher than 20, right? Uh, I don't know that's do your I don't pick. A, a reference for it. <laughs> all right. Well, I feel you know like what? The, I've already seen a movie, movie
2: that could be like forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: I don't know, man. We'll see. I'm, I'm regretting. I'm, re- I'm regretting it. I'm not picking. Regretting the Leatherheads pick. I'm regretting the Fantastic Mr. Fox being so high. But you know what? I've already said it, and I, I'm going to trust my gut. So, all right. Do I do one too, or is it just the all two three ones? of us do one, and then okay. whoever's the closest without going over? Okay. Nash, you want to go first? No, you go yeah, I can't think of, I,
2: I can't do the math yet. <laughs> okay.
1: I mean I'm I think he's he's in like a lot of I like George Clooney quite a bit and even in his bad movies. Sure. I'm normally having a good time with him, but I'm thinking lower Rotten Tomatoes score, Tomorrowland. I think that's that's mm-hmm. gotta be maybe like middle to like fifties, sixties, maybe mid sixties. Um, and another movie that people were mixed on, but still probably around like that 60 range, maybe Oceans 12 seems okay. to be one that not everybody were, was vibing with. OK, that is it's OK for,
2: for me, but OK, see the tomorrow Tomorrowland was a good pick because I think Tomorrowland was probably yeah. where I was going to land. Well, let's do Michael Clayton as like my high pick. I think that's going to probably be somewhere sit somewhere in the 80s. So I need a pretty bad movie. Yeah, I think it's hard to get like a 20 30 with him. Spy yeah. Kids 3D. Oh, good Paul. <laughs> he <in> yeah, <laughs>
0: he's he plays the president. Wow, huh? Yeah, I because I recently watched that. You know who else is in that movie? Freaking Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell is in Spy Kids 3D. <laughs> well, wow. okay, all right. Well, this is not going to end up well for me. Can tell you that right now because, uh, um, oh, this is really interesting.
1: I'm feeling like I probably went over.
2: 100
0: i think we may have all gotten over mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't know i gotta find out spy kids 3d that's the only one i have left to look uh maybe maybe not but i feel like that's got to be like sneakily higher than you think
2: yeah that's what i'm thinking people love those movies i, don't, I guess critics are different but
0: yeah they're certainly like a thing like certainly a vibe <laughs> and that vibe. one's like easily the worst of the three but you know what like I don't know. Okay. I think I might actually want to watch
2: Spy Kids 3D over Tomorrowland again.
0: I mean, like, you certainly will have more fun. All right, guys, I got bad news. We all are going over. So this, this round is null and void. Dang. Okay, but who's the closest? Okay, so I picked Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is a 93%. I, yeah, that's It's going to yeah. be hard
1: to find a 7% Clooney.
0: Yeah, I really thought Leatherheads was going to be it because I, re- I remember that coming out. Like I remember like that and the Men Who Stared at Goats, right? Like nobody liked those. And Monuments Men, right? Like those three, right? Leatherheads is a fifty-three somehow. I have no okay. clue how. Yeah, thought, so yeah, yeah. So I'm over by like forty-four points. Nash, uh, you picked Michael Clayton, which has a ninety percent. Oof. Okay, a little higher than I thought. It's a great movie, yeah. but. Mm. And Spy Kids 3D has a 45%, so Man. you're sitting with me at 35 above. And Jack, what's your guess on Tomorrowland? Oh, yeah, I was saying like probably like
1: 60, 62. Mm-hmm. 50, pretty close. Okay, not bad. And I your guess going on for those uh, middle guesses. You guess on Ocean 12? Probably like 63, something like that.
0: Pretty close, uh, 70. So it does put you okay. 20 over. Yeah, so. Okay, I,
2: I reworked the strategy. You can't go high, low. You gotta go middle, middle. You gotta go middle. <laughs> you can middle. go high especially low especially if you think
0: the Clooney. lows are low enough. You just can't do Clooney. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Clooney's tough.
0: I yeah, I'm um we all went over that that round is null and void. So you know what? We're gonna do another one. And in the spirit of Nash inspired me, in the spirit of the episode, the spirit of the topic. Uh, sorry, Jack inspired me. Nash, you can pick the third um if we do with round three. But uh I'm gonna say movie sequels now i'm also gonna put an asterisk here it has to be a number two we didn't put that asterisk on the b plot okay but i think like a direct sequel you know so you know it has to be terminator 2 not terminator genesis or whatever you know okay. it has to be spy kids 2 not spy kids 3d game over you know okay so so it has to be a 2 i think i, I think i got a good one here i don't know I that I we're gonna a get to 100 with two of them you know
1: jack you're set I think I'm I'm good and I'm I'm tipping my hand a little bit something that might come up a little bit later. Okay. Uh, for one of these movies, but um first movie, give me Kingsman the Golden Circle. Okay. Going to be oh, another one pick. of those those middle or low middle. Good pick. And then mm-hmm. uh give me Venom let there be Carnage. It, oh. I'm I'm not oh, going yeah. over. I there's no
0: way
2: I'm going over here. No, but you're I think you're in the 90s. I, I sure. think that could
0: be that could be a, a little pair. I think that's a dangerous combo. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Um, I'm still thinking of my second, but so am I'm I. still sticking with my strategy of shooting for like 70 to 80 and shooting for 20 to 30. I'm gonna pick my first pick is gonna be too fast, too furious. All right, all right. And so that one, obviously, I'm shooting for the like 20 percent. I think that
2: might be higher than that, but uh, yeah. maybe.
0: But uh, I've already said it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with my gut. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I think you can make this work.
0: I, I I'm I gotta shoot for like a sixty-ish percent to be safe. Yeah, sixty to seventy percent sequel. Do I think has like a oh boy? You know what? Would you guys accept Attack of the Clones? Yeah, sure, it's fine with me. Like it's not. It, it is a sec. It is a second, right? But it's also, yeah. I mean, like, they're new trilogies. Yeah. yeah, All right, I'll take too fast, for furious and Attack of the Clones because I think that has a sneaky higher score than you think. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think it's like a fifty-four. Okay, I am gonna go with Jaws two. Okay. Whew.
2: And Sonic the Hedgehog too.
0: All right, what do you guys just guess? Um, too fast, too furious. What do you think that sits at? I think it's like a. I want to say like a twenty something.
2: Twenty is really uh,
1: low. I, I would I would say maybe like late thirties.
2: Yeah, I mean early forties. Like somewhere between thirty eight and forty two.
0: Uh, yeah, you're both right. Thirty seven percent. Oh,
1: it was yeah, it was somewhere around there.
0: You know what? I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna give the second rounds later. We're, we'll give everybody one first. Jaws two. What do you guys think that sits at? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a
2: total shot in the dark cuz yeah. I was like people don't like that if movie, I, I don't If think. I
0: were guessing, I just looked it up. If I were guessing, I was thinking 30s.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: But I really I mean
0: I haven't seen it and yeah, when I made I.
2: when I made the guess, I was hoping it was going to be in the 40s. So
0: Jack, do you have a kind of guess?
1: I would have said said 30s, but based on really
0: nothing aside from word of mouth. Okay. Yeah, 62%. It has Dang, a 39 audience score, but
1: apparently I mean, yeah. I guess when you're going from Jaws, whatever that second movie is going to be, people are going to act like it's nothing in comparison. So
2: okay,
1: I None still surprised feel it's better than
2: I, I, think. I feel good about it.
0: I don't know, man. I I know Sonic Two wasn't received well, right? But like, I'm I'm worried for you. I think Sonic 2's going to go pretty high. Really? I think it's gonna okay. be right. I think it's going to be kind of on that like probably the rotten side of that scale. So probably looking at like 55 or so. But that's my guess. Yeah. Venom. Let there be carnage. Jack, what <laughs> were you thinking this was going to be? 45,
2: 50. Now I think you this could, guess. this could be like sixty something. I, people like this movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Fifty-seven. Okay. I, I thought this was lower. I thought this was going to be like mm-hmm. forty-five or so. It's the people right. who don't like it talk about it like it's the worst movie they've ever seen. Yeah, but it's just fun. It's it's mm-hmm. it's not great, but it's a good time. You know. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. We're gonna go in reverse order again. Uh, Jack, what's your guess on Kingsman: The Golden Circle?
1: I well I'm, now I'm I'm skeptical because I thought. I was thinking Let There Be Carnage would be my low one. I I can't see Golden Circle being lower than 57. I'd
2: probably say it's like 60,
0: 62. Okay. Nash, you got to guess what you think that would be?
2: Yeah, probably like 67 to 70.
0: That's kind of where I was thinking. Somewhere in that 60 range. Um, But also, I think this movie has been criminally underrated um, forever. Yeah, 50%. So close. So that unfortunately does put you over by 7, I I thought I had the, the line. That hurts. Alright. Sonic 2, what did we say we were thinking? That's
1: got. I think it's like a 70 honestly.
2: Really? I, okay. I, I, I thought people were like okay on the first one and like didn't like the second one so that's why. Really
0: I... blinded because I like it but. 48. 48. Jack, you're almost spot on 69%. Wow, okay. Well. Nice. Nah, so it's going to put you over by like almost 30. I don't know ball. I don't know ball. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so my 2 Fast 2 Furious sitting at a 37 Attack of the Clones. I need. What do I need? Um... To, 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 three? Uh, 63 63 or low. would it be safe yeah. i've got it i mean as long there's no way it's over 63 um so i i've got this in the bag i just it's just how close am i
1: i was so confident yeah. I,
0: I, I, I before looking like i like i said i think this is probably like a sneaky like 54 somehow yeah i can see that wow no way you guys aren't gonna believe this did you this. hit it on the, the head that's incredible <laughs> Sixty-five percent. I'm over by two. Over. <laughs> wow, this wow. is hard. <laughs> this is very difficult. All right, nobody's won yet. Nash, give us a give us some sort of parameters. Okay,
2: let's do. All right, let's kind of keep it on brand. Let's do musicals. Musicals.
1: All right. Ouch. Hmm. I'm painfully uninformed in this category. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Let's see. Hmm.
1: I'm like, maybe I should, we're all breaking 100. Maybe I should just go with like 150 and then one that's like a, a 10. So at least I, <laughs> I know I'm not going. You over.
0: know what? I'm going to throw this out there just so just so I can claim it. Because I, I feel like an unwritten rule is you can't claim something I claim. So I'm going to take cats. It's off the board. I got cats. Mm-hmm. Now fair. I just need like 100%, you know? Okay. Got to put in some work for it. Yeah. Let's see. You know what? Screw it. Cats and La La Land. That's I got it. You guys I, weren't quick enough. No, you're. I, yeah, you, I, I thought. I see. I thought about cats, but like, I don't know. Ca- there's no way cats has more than like a three, right? I think La La Land is still too high. Mm. I mean,
1: maybe you might be good, but I. I, I think I, La
0: La Land's gonna be at like a DC ninety-three line. or so. There are some La La Land haters, and those people are wrong. And there are some La La Land critic haters too, and those people are definitely wrong. But there's no. I would not be surprised if cats is a zero percent.
2: That, well, that's. There's no way it has a zero percent. It might be. It's. It's got to be so close. There. There are people who like it's single. I'd love digits. to watch that movie. Yeah, there's, I think. I think it's probably no way be like it's, or There's 9%. no way it's out
0: of single digits, and I think La La Land is somewhere between a 93 and a 97. But I could see it going at like 89.
2: Yeah, I. I think there's a chance that you're you're going to hit like 102 again. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Let's see. I'm going to go with Rent. Okay. And I need another kind of mediocre musical.
0: Oh, you're sticking with your mid-mid strategy? Yeah. In fairness, it was closer.
2: It was. I still was over by 20. <laughs> nope, that's going to go over. Okay, I only have one if you want to go.
1: <laughs> Dude, I'm fine for my life. I This category could be named two musicals and I'm I'm in trouble.
2: Then you got Les Miserables. Yeah, you got, well, uh, okay, Tick, Tick, Boom. Mm-hmm. Let's do. I'm going to do Rent, and then I'm going to do the one that came out last year. is called Dicks the Musical. That weird like parody musical had Nathan Lane okay. in it.
0: Sure. So. Yeah, you got like the producers. You got. Uh, I wouldn't count Hamilton. I mean, I'm sure it's on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm, but like, I feel like
1: I, I feel like I'm exclusively thinking of like 70s and 80s, and I don't know a bad like for it to get on my radar. I, it's got to be pretty decent. Mm, mm, so mm, I'm starting mm. there. But getting, yeah, you got like
2: Newsies and Sweet Kids i'm thinking tick tick boom
0: mm-hmm. yeah i mean they're all just in the so heights good. color purple I,
1: just i mean i'm, probably, mean I'm girls. probably in the woods here i was gonna go like one of those like give me the into the woods that's oh yeah yeah like a i feel like people were decent on that but maybe it was just musical that's gotta be like a 65 70 i don't know man then give me mean girls maybe people are down on mean girls i don't know I'm tiktok's hating on it maybe they're they're breaking through
0: I think you might be actually I think have I think you might actually have the inverse opinion on the two, but we'll get there. Um, yeah, let's, like let's start with three. that. Let's let's start with that mean girls and into the woods. Um I cause I think actually I think Mean Girls is gonna wind up. If I had to guess, I think Mean Girls would be that like
1: My honest guess is both are like 65 70
0: 60 yeah. 70 i think into the woods is going to be like 35 42 no or somewhere i don't now. know man
1: that got People... some oscar like i mean at least for like musical status it wasn't like okay I, was like, I don't i
0: don't entirely that. know but also into the woods came out at the same time like dark shadows and all those other like yeah i just if it's really musical, forgettable properties came out i don't and... i don't hear about it um all right well let's start off with mean girls yeah.
1: give
2: me like a 72 for that
0: yeah nash what's your prediction mean girls yeah yeah i'm probably in that same range 70 72 hmm yeah i'll go high 60s 70 wow we're all kind of right there all right 70 yep. so yeah i uh tiktok's hating of it but tiktok will hate on anything and you know what we might talk about mean girls later yeah <laughs> all right let's start off with dicks uh for nash's picks i really don't know was is that
1: is that an twenty four movie or where i just confused like didn't twenty four no, make that i don't believe they're so. just that crowd was producing it or was championing it quite possibly
0: nash what's your prediction on where this sits? 65. Okay. Jack, do you have a guess? Yeah, 60, 70 range. I was going to go like 40, uh, 66, yeah. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay. Let's find out what Lala La Land has, shall we? Because this is going to make or break me. 90. Yeah, that's like <laughs> 97. 94? I trusted my gut, and I was right, 91%. Like okay. I said, I, think, I was thinking, I was thinking it, it deserves to be higher, but I'm like, I know there are some haters, so... Yo, there's, it didn't win Best Picture that year. You know, like and it has a controversial ending, which is always going to yes. sour a lot of people's experience. And it's a musical, and there are people mm-hmm. that don't like musicals. So
2: still hitting that ninety range. All
0: right, so if Cats is single digits, I'm good. Yeah. I
2: just, I just, I don't know. I, I feel sing- like it might be single digits. I just, I guess I you think would you're be. Still going.
1: I, I think this game's impossible. I think it cannot be done. All right,
0: <laughs> my guess is Cats is like an eight.
1: If a movie is going to be an eight, it's going to be
0: that movie. Yeah, yeah,
2: true.
0: I'm going to reveal all these at the end. Um, it builds up some suspense here. Uh, now, guess this for rent. I think it's like 35.
1: Is rent not enjoyed? I, I honestly don't.
0: The musical what? is enjoyed. The movie adaptation is pretty criticized.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's pretty criticized. I, I that's I mean, that's the reason why I went with it. I would love if it was that low. 40, 42. Absolutely Are you no a rent haters. hater, Nash? I'm, I'm no, I'm actually a rent lover. I actually rent was maybe the first musical that I watched. Uh, I mean, and like this, this movie it, adaptation. No, I'm that's what I'm talking oh. about. I watched oh, the it. movie and really, really loved it. I But I recognize that it's like not
0: incredible. I'm almost positive. This is one of the very few movies that I know that Aaron Dicer has a half a star rating on. Oh, wow. You I mean, look it up on Letterboxd and Into the Woods. Like I said, I, I was thinking 35, but it's I just got it wrong.
1: Another 65. I, like. Yeah. I just feel like the musical crowd like really swarmed around that one.
2: I think it was nominated for something.
0: Something big. Okay. Yeah, like costumes, right? Probably. I thought I had a lot of nominations. All right. Well, which one do you guys want to start with? Y- get me out of here because
1: I know I'm hitting like 141.
0: Cool. Yeah, it was <laughs> 71%. Yeah. So yeah, 141. <laughs> You're right. Ouch. Okay. Um, I'll reveal cats a whopping 19%. Um, oh, that hurts. I don't know how. So I'm putting I'm saying, putting me 10 points over. It's hard to get movies
2: into that like single digit range because somebody likes something about them.
0: Yeah, but I thought Cats was a lock for a single digit, you know?
2: People love to hate watch, and like that's one of those movies.
0: All right, Nash. Dix has a 66% rent. 47, you're over by three. No way! <laughs> <laughs> All right, now here's the big question, guys. We are 25 minutes into this podcast, that we already have three movies and three trailers to talk about. Are we good with three completely disqualifications? Did not, or finish do we this. need to have somebody win? I don't think it can be one. Quite frankly, <laughs> do people consistently win this game? It depends on how many rounds we play, and Genuinely, like, yeah, depending I, on the topic, Clooney is hard, right? Because Clooney had a good filmography. I don't know how we missed out in the music. If I you know, if if I would have gone with your mid strategy or like. Honestly, at this point, like, if we were to do another round, I'd shoot for, like, two thirty percent movies. That's what just I'm saying. You just going to go like, two
1: lows. Everybody else is gonna bust, and you'll be
0: fine. Total, I think one week like, we work should work play there. the inverse of this game. Closest to zero. Jeez. Like, yep. that would be fun. Who can, who can get the two lowest numbers? Yeah. Especially, like, take, like, a, uh, you know, movies with Robert De Niro in or something, you know? Mm-hmm. or Yep. All right. I think I'm satisfied with three stalemates. Like, that's impressive for nine total hearings to not. And we had, there was a couple of really close rounds, like 102,
2: 103.
0: Yeah, Yeah, you were, you were three points off. I was two Two. points off. Yeah. I mean, Jack was pretty consistently about 20 off, except for that last round.
1: And then you asked me to name a musical and now I look like a fool. Yeah,
0: that's okay. That's okay. Is Slumdog Millionaire a musical? It might be. Um, We'll find out soon. (laughs) It has a dance number in it. Yeah. Anyway, I, I feel safe to say we all did great, and uh, there are everybody's a winner today. There's no losers. So, um, and it's my birthday, so you're all winners in my book. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Nobody Heck can yeah. tell me no. Uh, one random question: Let me let me hear from you guys. I was thinking about this actually uh, because Nash um, has mentioned that he's recently started doing improv this last year. So I want to know what is your guys' what's a current like trend that you've seen recently that you really love this like improv group group came came across my uh tiktok for you page and they do this thing where like two people will be improving out a scene and then somebody from the side if he doesn't like the response will will have to shout out like uh new choice yeah and they'll have change. to like repeat something it's like like that that group and that game and then there was another game where it's like everybody like one person has the stand and then um somebody else like every one person's the judge and then other people get the chime in they'll go like objection and then you know and then they can the judge can sustain or overrule you know and it, it, like it can go wild different places so either way like i really liked both of those like things randomly came across my tiktok page that i didn't think of recently i'm a big fan of those is there something that came across your like tiktok for you page or your twitter something or so we're just
1: talking general like entertainment Does, trends or something like that
0: anything that you've like not really seen that you've seen recently that you're not an old curmudgeon about and you're like oh i like that you know uh-huh. not like oh new things suck
1: mine's I don't. Know. My mine might be. It could kinda... be like Pepsi
0: redesigned their can, and it's cool. I don't know. Like
1: mine's cheating a little bit because I've been championing this for a little bit longer, but I feel like um, I'm glad that I guess almost I'm glad actual play, like the tabletop RPGs, like live streams and series, are really like popping off and finding their footing. Like I hmm. think that's such a authentically like creative form of storytelling that I'm really glad that all of those various series around the internet are, are popping off. Those are always on my TikTok. I mean, obviously like I'm setting myself up for those kind of crowds and stuff, but I like think critical those are really, role and stuff, critical role. Yeah. Dimension 20. And then like, just like now it's just all kinds of like small groups of friends getting on and, and telling kind of stories that interest them. I think that's so
2: cool. Absolutely. Yeah. That's nice. I love that too. I mean, Aaron, you said like a TikTok trend and now that's just all that's in my head. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is, uh, what, let me
0: tell you while you think, let me tell you a TikTok trend that I hate. I hate the like, we're this. Of course we're going to yada yada. I hate it so much. They're terrible. Uh, especially the ones that try to do the like, we're this and you know, da, 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 da. and then they're like, we're this. We, and then they give a completely terrible wrong answer and like, no, it's supposed to be like, I think, but I think all everything with that trend is, is just mm-hmm. awful and I hate it and I will skip past it every time it comes on my For You page even if it's from my favorite creators.
2: Okay. Uh, well, I was thinking about saying one of those because I think they... <laughs> <laughs> Uh they can be funny sometimes. I'll just say any any um of the like the North Sea videos where it's like really ominous oh, yeah. chanting music and the Gregorian you- chants yeah <laughs> and you see like boats in the North Sea with like 40 foot waves. I yeah, find buddy. that stuff really soothing in like a weird way. It's, it's- soothing in a like I could die at any moment, kind of way, you know. (laughs) One hundred percent. But I'm like, I was a deadliest catch kid, and I like, Mm -hmm. I liked watching that show. So I don't know. There's something about like the roaring sea and and mixed with, and so I'll, I'll just, I'll get, I'll get trapped in those wormholes.
0: Nice. Mm. Um. nice I like those answers let's move on to talking about movies again Um, we'll talk about a couple coming attractions coming out I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on any of these but uh, Argyle Orion in the Dark and the Tiger's Apprentice Nash why don't you pick which one we want to talk about first let's just go with
2: Argyle because it's the one we've all seen a trailer for for six months now
0: yeah the only one I've seen a trailer for uh, Argyle an, an introverted spy novelist is drawn into the activities of a sinister underground syndicate uh, this is r- directed by Matthew Vaughn, written by Jason Fuchs, starring Sophia B- B- Butella, Henry Cavill, Dua Lipa, Bryce Dallas Howard, Ariana DeBose, Sam Rockwell, B- Samuel L. Jackson, Brian Cranston, John Cena, Catherine O'Hara, Rob Delaney. Um, Keep them coming. Fuchs also, starred, right? I'm like out of breath here. Anyway, uh, other faces and names you'll recognize and whatnot, and probably Ryan Reynolds at some point because, right? like
2: <laughs> Of course. <laughs>
0: Argyle, what do you guys think uh, about this one? On on our scale of anticipation level, uh, it's would you your budget and uh, um, schedule don't really factor into this. It's just uh, you're only your free will. So uh, would you want to check this out in a theater? Would you want to just wait till you can rent it at home? Wait till it's on streaming service you already paid for? Um, are you not interested? Or are you just kind of being like, I'm on the fence on whether or not I want to see it and Letterboxd will tell me. Um, which one? Where do you guys land?
1: I wanna see this one in theaters personally.
2: Yeah, I think I'm there as well. It's like I'm annoyed by the amount of times I see the trailer, but like Matthew Vaughn visuals on a big screen is something that and you know, I'm I'm all for usually. So
0: Yeah, I'm I'm theaters as well. And like here's the thing. I understand everybody like getting mad at the fact that we've seen this trailer so much, but like that's not on the movie. Like yeah. and you remember the last time that we were all complaining that we saw a trailer too much and we were just sick of it and wanted the movie to come out so we didn't have to see the trailer anymore. You remember what movie that was last? At least for me, freaking Top Gun Maverick. Yeah,
1: you like, know what trailer it is for me right now. Argyle. <laughs> no, I'm but dif- slightly different. If I don't know if you guys are in the same kind of ad space. If I watch a YouTube video at all right now, I'm getting two to three. Replays of the same Aquaman trailer for the Aquaman theme. It's all ice I blocked the ad. I pay
0: for YouTube Premium. I blocked so.
1: the ad and still it's forcing its way through the algorithm. Awesome nightmare. I don't. I don't normally have a problem with it. I just already don't. I saw Aquaman and didn't like it, so I'm just like, get this out of my face. Yeah, not, not a fan. It knows I'm you. It
0: knows you saw it. It's really it's trying like, to. Mm, we can yeah, get more of your we're money. We're punishing him now. Yeah, like, like I don't want to blame the marketing, right? And like, here's the thing: no. if, if th- this could be any other director and i'd be like okay it's a swing it, it, it's a swing it may miss but like it's matthew vaughn right like he he makes great movies you know like i mentioned i think the kingdom in the golden circle is super underrated like and the king's man like isn't bad by any means he just it's makes fine. fun movies yeah yeah and yeah and he makes some of the most fun movies out there x-men first class is at least a top three but quite possibly the best x-men movie like you know like the Matthew Vaughn of it all is really like solidifying theaters for me. Otherwise I might be like, sure. Like maybe rent stream pretty cautious, you know, but like Uh he didn't write it. Uh, Jason Fuchs wrote it, but like he's got wonder woman to his writing credit, which like the first one, you know, it's like that one's pretty okay. Uh He's got some acting credits, um, just some little, well, he also wrote
2: the Hugh Jackman pan movie, which is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. So, well,
0: Sure, I didn't see it, but like I'm just yeah, I I know I was. Let's be honest, what were you? I was just giving him a guff. And there's also Ice Age Continental Drift that he did. You know, a movie called I Still See You from 2018 that I never saw, but had a 5.8 on the box. You know, like his only like real like big credit is Wonder Woman, and it's like look, Matthew Vaughn wouldn't take on a bad script, I don't think, right? Like I trust him enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think like the main thing, at least, I don't think this is going to be like a boring movie. Like it maybe we'll be a little bit predictable, but there's going to be some colors. There's going to be like some fun people. I mean, there are many fun people in there already. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, I just doubt you're going to be bored. I haven't seen the runtime, but I don't think it's going to be like three hours of overindulgence
0: or anything like that. Which sounds a little long, but again, like if I'm having fun and this premise looks really fun. Yes. It Mm -hmm. looks like I've seen the trailer a hundred times and I don't go to the movies very often, especially compared to some of the other stuff pop writers, but like, yeah, it looks, it looks fun Mm -hmm. and I don't care. I'm excited. Yep. Jack, Tiger's Apprentice or Orion in the Dark next? Orion in the Dark. Orion in the Dark. Uh, this is a Netflix movie. It says February 2nd. I assume that's just straight to Netflix. Who knows with their release calendar or whatnot. But uh, this follows Orion, a young boy who is afraid of heights, pets, and rendered nearly uh, catatonic by the worst of all perils, the Dark. The Dark takes Orion on a nightmare trip to prove the to the, to the youngster that the only thing to fear is fear itself. Uh, this is written by Charlie Kaufman, as well as some other like smaller screenplay credit by names, and uh, directed by Sean Chairmats. Sorry, Sean, if you're listening, um, I don't do my due diligence. Uh, voice cast here: Paul Walter Hauser. Oh, this uh, another, it's got a I'm layer, right? another name I'm gonna another name I'm gonna butcher. I'm so sorry because I love her as Nadja in. Uh, what we do in the shadows, but Natasha Dimitri- uh Carlo Gugino, Jacob Tremblay, Angela Bassett, Werner Herzog, Ike Barinholtz, Colin Hanks, Nate Faxton. I think that's all the ones. In what do you guys think? Um, theaters rent and stream skip. Let's let's imagine this wasn't a Netflix um, original and just straight to theaters. Theaters rent and stream skip. Kind of wait, see initial reaction.
1: I I mean I think it's wise of them just to for this to be. I think this is going to be a good movie that could pop off on Netflix like. um mitchell's versus the machines honestly i think it has that kind of steam i would watch it in theaters personally if it had that opportunity
2: yeah i mean uh, that's exactly my thought as well i feel like netflix is always going to have like one animated movie that pops off a year and i feel like this could be one of them like it it's got an interesting cast the charlie kaufman of it all is really really intriguing Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. if it was in theaters i probably would go see it in theaters
0: yeah, I'm gonna land with you guys here. Um, first of all, yeah, the Charlie Coffin, but like it's kind of one of those with the with the voice cast, right? Where you're like, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, but also like this animation style looks great. Like it looks kind of like the closest thing I could say is like maybe Luca.
1: Yeah, I was like, thinking a little, no little like, bit Luca. more
0: clay. The way like, it's playing with colors, like
1: kind of specifically like the darkness and stuff, reminds me of Soul a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like a three D, well, no, Soul's three D. Um, there are moments where it's two D, but yeah.
1: I think like, and you talking about the cast too. I like how it's there's like often like this problem with animated movies where they instead of casting voice actors, they cast
0: names. Like they cast Chris Pratt, you know, to voice Mario.
1: These are like actors that we know and we love, but like no, they're not signing these people just because they're gonna like bring people on board to see the movie. Like these seems like people who could really give something to a voice role.
0: Yeah, so, for sure.
1: seemed like that might've come first.
0: Yeah. And and also the premise, like just seems mm. like really unique and yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this one.
2: Yeah. Any other thoughts? No, sir. Nope. He stole the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say the exact same thing. So
0: <laughs> good job. Well, the tiger's apprentice is a paramount plus original film coming. Uh, Tom Lee, a Chinese American boy after the death of his grandmother has to be, uh, apprenticed to taking to, to the talking tiger mr who and learn ancient magic to become the new guardian of the ancient phoenix wow a bunch of directors that i'm sorry i'm not going to try because i don't want to offend anybody but it looks like a very like asian centric directors and scripts and voice cast which awesome michelle yo lucy Liu, sandra oh uh, leah lewis henry golding patrick gallagher bowen yang a lot of Lee. is she i didn't see her yeah. yet okay <laughs> Oscar nomination snub Greta Lee apparently mm-hmm. and my phone's frozen okay <laughs> it's trying to do too much to load all the names of the people in this one <laughs> Tigers Apprentice same scale theaters streaming. Streamer skip this is definitely
2: just as like a streamer like I will you know I'm interested in it like I apparently I've seen the trailer and I don't really remember it but it's got an incredible cast it looks like it's kind of been stuck in developmental hell for a long time it was supposed to come out during in like 2020 or 2021 and it's just kept getting delayed mm-hmm. so i mean like i you know i'm always here for you know fun animation which with a fun cast but like i don't know this one looks weirder
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it's losing points for paramount Pro- plus like they really haven't earned any reason for me to be like oh yeah that's good like I mean I I think the Star Trek fans like that stuff and I really liked the offer that they put out, but like have you guys seen a Paramount Plus original movie? Like Infinite was I think the only one that's coming to mind right now. That Mark Wahlberg one that nobody liked Antoine Foucault directed one that nobody liked.
1: It's so hard for me to remember which yeah, that's movie the, goes with which. I mean right they now.
0: completely fumbled Halo, you know, <laughs> like uh-huh. which I mean fan fanboys were always gonna be a little bit upset about, but like even non-fanboys are like, Yeah, that show kinda sucks. Like <laughs> oh yeah. wow,
2: yeah there's some there's some wow some
0: stinkers on there yeah uh and then they also got like well i think it's peacock but like it's like yellowstone but no that's anyway, i know the star trek stuff they're doing well yeah i don't know it's just like it's losing points for paramount plus and like it's i i want i want to give this movie a chance because like it does seem very like culture influenced by the cast and the directors but also like they got two white guys to write it like (laughs) it's based off of a novel by Lawrence yep but they got a guy that has predominantly written on a lot of like animated marvel and disney properties like uh the bad batch and cowboy bebop and mandalorian and then like thor ragnarok and the dark world like avengers earth mightiest heroes wolverine and x-men hulk versus and like none of the like None of those are necessarily bad, except for Thor: The Dark World. But like that, and then David McGee, you know, writer of Life of Pi and Mary Poppins Returns and A Man Called Otto, like so. Part of part of me wants to be in Little Mermaid, you know. So part of me wants to be like really excited because, like, maybe like Ryan the Dragon felt uniquely like its own, like like different because of who they were casting and who was in charge of everything. It just felt kind of. like, I don't want this to be that, but then it's like, oh, that's that's a bit disappointing and. Kind, it also kind of feels like, i oh, just throw it on Paramount plus like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, I, I, mean, I would, it, I would hope, I would hope, especially movies like with this representation would get the big screen treatment, even if yeah, it's animated.
2: That's kind of where I am settling as well. If it's, it screams to me like a movie that's going to have certain elements that are like, maybe really, really good. Maybe a couple of really good performances. Maybe there's an, some sequences that are memorable, but like otherwise not like among the best. Um, mm-hmm animated movies of the year which is fine not every movie needs to do that so
1: it's yeah and it's interesting that like the it's, it's paramount animation last thing they did was teenage mutant ninja turtles which like was very good. almost universally loved and then the next thing they're doing after this is kung fu panda and instead of using this to build any momentum they're just kind of like dumping it it just kind of seems like there's like a lack of confidence there
2: well, um, like I said, I think a lot of that is because it was—it seemed to have been in, delayed for so long. Like yeah, it was probably supposed to come out way before. Good, <laughs> be, yeah. So uh,
1: the cast though still does. I mean, I'll probably end up like catching it on streaming, but it's not like the streaming service is particularly convenient for me because I don't have a whole lot of other reasons to have Paramount.
2: So
0: yeah, same. Yeah, I mean, this isn't going to be something to get me to sign up for Paramount Plus, but like, yeah, I, I guess this. T- so I guess I fall in the Letterbox Camp, like. If it comes out and everybody's like, yeah, it's a solid like two to three star, maybe. But if it comes out and people like kind of like Nimona was kind of a surprise hit and lots of people Uh love Nemona," If it comes out like, oh, sure, I'll check it out, you know. And we all know I want we want to like movies. So we're all rooting for this to be a five star move Uh for the record. All right. I'm actually
2: a terrible person and I want all movies to fail. (laughs) Mm,
0: mm, mm. JK, JK. I don't want that on the record. Malady Nash you past lives, number one movie of the year, having cynic. (laughs) Don't call me out like that. (laughs) No, I'm just, I'm I'm just like, no, no, I get it. Past lives being your number one. And then saying, I hope all movies are terrible. It's like, as those clash. (laughs) Yeah, I know. All right. I'm done with those. Before we get to talk about the Sif topic, real quick, you've got to hear some opinions from Nash and Jack. So, if they can, uh, if you want, if they want to hear more from you, where can they find you guys? Uh, Nash, let's start with you. Nash
2: underscore doll over on Letterboxd. That's where I do most of my shenanigans. So,
0: yeah. Mm, shenanigans indeed. Um, as well as the Sifpop.com socials. But, mm-hmm. which, uh And Jack. Yep. Sammy, you're still writing for
1: Sifpop uh, pretty regularly. We hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely would be the biggest thing that I'd pitch uh Jack Grammy on on Letterboxd um also I'm hopping on also see with Robert and Foster tomorrow they're uh their yeah. podcast. what's the movie so, uh we're doing Layer Cake
0: which I gotta watch tonight. Oh, I love Layer Cake I haven't, cake haven't no. seen it very oh, excited, but yes. very excited. But, yes. so we'll be talking about that this week big fan <clears> of Layer Cake for sure it's I'm sure you know it's like Matthew Vaughn's first movie and it's mm-hmm. it's the movie that got Craig the 007 role oh I'm excited yeah it's awesome i love layer cake Ooh, and uh big fan of the also see podcast as well so (laughs) nash i was listening to the oscars episode and every time he would say oscars and you guys would cringe and then like 30 minutes in you guys were like i kind of like the sound of it yeah
2: it started (laughs) to it started to flow and i was like okay this is just what it is we got to call it this now
0: that and then and then uh foster's nunnery was just all (laughs) <laughs> check out the oscars episode of also see podcast and you'll you guys will understand but that that episode had me feel first of all feeling like i, I hadn't seen a single movie from 2023 as well as uh just cackling the entire time so um there we go okay and a quick reminder patreon.com where you can get um early access to episodes and some other fun things let's move on to the SIF topic put some boots to slim dog millionaire and up in the air boy where to start it's a tough one Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We've been talking about animated movies, so I think I think, I think think we can start off with Puss in Boots. I think so. Sounds good cool. to me. Let's go Puss in Boots. We'll sandwich Up in the Air and then Slim Dog Millionaire since that leads into our footnoted um, B plot. So Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, this of course came out in 2022. When Puss in Boots discovers that his passion for adventure has taken its toll and that he has burned through eight of his nine lives, he launches an epic journey to restore them by finding the mythical Last Wish starring Antonio Banderas and Salma Hayek returning as Puss in Boots and Kitty Softpaws, but also Harvey Guillen as Perito and Florence Pugh as Goldilocks, Olivia Coleman also stopping by as Mama Bear, Ray Winstone. <laughs> Jack Horner shows up and my wife is like, why does that sound like John Mulaney? I'm like, because that is John mm-hmm. Mulaney. Also Divine Jor Randolph, who is appearing in everything now, and I am here for it. Uh, and Artemis from It's Always Sunny appearing as one of the serpents. So, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I just didn't get around to seeing this one. I, I heard everybody said it was great, but the first one was fine. I distinctly mm-hmm. remember having this conversation on the podcast because I even remember making a joke. I was like, the first one's fine, but like, it's okay. But discussing Film is still going to release Puss in Boots, released nine years ago on this date. And somebody tagged me in it when they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, sorry, but I remember being like, the animation looks really cool and mm-hmm. I'm always down for more Antonio Banderas, especially when he gets to be this like self-aware and, um, but I just never got around to seeing it even with all the Oscar buzz and everything. And uh, I, I missed a lot of 2022 movies in 2022, mm-hmm. but uh, that's my history and um, I'm happy. I finally got around to it. Um, uh, Jack, this was your pick. So mm-hmm. Nash, why, well, what is your history with this movie? Uh, Pretty limited. I
2: have, I have actually still yet to see the first Puss and Boots movie. I am on record as like more of a Shrek hater than most people. It's not like I dislike Shrek. I just it wasn't really a part of my childhood. And I think that that element leans into a little bit. So it's I came to Puss in Boots 2 way later because I hadn't seen a lot of this stuff. And people were talking about how great it was. And I was like, no way is Puss in Boots 2 a good movie. And Mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. I was wrong. I was a hater and I got proven wrong. I don't love it as much as other people love it, but it is certainly like, I think much better than I think it had any right to be following what I am pretty sure was like a pretty meh first
0: movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Jack, you, this was on your pick, by the way, I pulled up the document so I could check Jack, your picks were up in the air then Puss in Boots in that order. Mm -hmm. And Nash and then Candyman and then Nash, your picks were up in the air dog day afternoon and Slumdog Millionaire. So the way this episode came about was, I saw they both had up in the air at number one and decided to go with those two, which, by the way, there was a lot of people that picked up in the air. I legitimately mm-hmm. believed that you guys had like all conspired against me to put up in the air at number one um, because everybody was submitting it and nobody budged. Um, they were all like, no, it's not like we all just really <laughs> want to talk about that movie, yeah. I guess. And then, uh, and you then know was st- like, it's fine if I can't. Do you know what my strategy
2: is when you send out that list of movies? go from bottom up yeah i scrolled all the way to the bottom because i was like oh well smart this is what other people Mm -hmm. don't do and then everybody did it so yeah
0: especially the first time like you could definitely tell we were getting a (laughs) lot of like a's through d's you know Mm -hmm. all right cool i got three let's move on Uh, (laughs) yeah and then so i picked that up in the air and i couldn't pick between puss and boots the last wish and slumdog millionaire and i just said you know what screw it let's do both and then i said also you know what let's throw nash on dog day afternoon so um Uh, okay. So Jack, this was your number two pick of all time Mm -hmm. uh, 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 of this round of all time. time. Yeah. With the number two overall pick in the draft, (laughs) Jack selects push and boost the last wish. Uh, no, it's just, uh, hundreds of movies you could have picked from. Why was this one standing out to you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll actually, I'll take it one step further than Nash there. I might just be a full on certified Shrek hater. Um, I think the first movie is, is, is fun is fine find almost no enjoyment and pretty much anything else so i i skip over those uh, quite regularly and then i saw the the first one when i was like 11 years old and have virtually no memory of it uh, aside from the weird zach galifianakis as uh, humpty dumpty um but yeah. i just wasn't impressed then didn't have any reason to come back but once i heard that the movie was really popping off um and i saw like a couple people back to back to back saying this is worth your time um i went in there still with relatively low expectations. And was blown away. Like I I love this movie. I, I think almost everything hit for me. Uh, we're probably I um, I might be getting in a little bit early here, but definitely loved it. Maybe going into high side I loved it. I just think it was it's what animation is, is meant to be. And the fact that it is a sequel of a movie that I don't love, of a franchise that I don't love, um just is kind of just so impressive, right? That um anything can just shock you and be super good.
0: Yeah. Um cool. So, Nash, you kind of tipped your hand a little bit, but on the Sif Pop scale, uh, do you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it? I think it's just okay.
2: I like it. Nice. Solid like it.
0: Mm-hmm. Jack, where do you land on that scale? Yeah, probably loved it. Maybe even
2: creeping
1: into to high side. Like, it worked for me on pretty much every layer. Nice. Uh,
0: I'm, like, bordering like it and love it, probably leaning like it. Um, so, I'll say high side of like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, a pretty, pretty generous high side of like it. I think there's so much of this movie that just works. And I think in general, I think the concept is awesome. I just, mm. Mm, I just think that the hype got to me. Yeah. Like, and I hate that that happened. And I really like was hoping that there was enough distance, but
1: I mean, it's also like that fact that it is such a surprising, like everybody's like, this shouldn't be this good. This is like going to blow you away. And cause we're all comparing it to the other crop of movies that it's associated with. So you're really right. having these like thoughts fed to you that it's going to be like a masterpiece. So it is hard to live with those, to those. Expectations. I mean,
0: I'm not a Shrek hater. I think that the first movie ha- is, is like great for nostalgia, but it hasn't held up super well as a movie itself. And uh, noticeably like the addition of Puss in Boots in Shrek 2 feels like an oversight from the first movie. Like it feels like, Oh, that character should have been in there. Cause he just really rounds out that cast. I love Shrek 2. And Shrek 3 and 4, fine. Um, we talked about them on the podcast. Fine to, to not great. Probably won't watch either of them again. But, um, you know, and, and first Puss in Boots is between Shrek 1 and Shrek 3 and 4, you know? But I would say, like, I don't like this as much as Shrek 2. But, like, Shrek 2 just hits something special for me. I think it's awesome. But uh, so I'm not a Shrek hater, but um, I understand what you guys are saying and partially agree. I just. Yeah, Director Hate Mail to me. Yeah. Number I, one Shrek hater. Number two, Nash. I, I, like I said, I think just some of the, some of the hype got to me. Um, and I really wish that wasn't the case and I really tried to keep it out, but I just, I found that even though the movie was an hour and 42, I still felt like it was probably a solid, like 20 minutes too long. And I did feel, um, I felt, I also feel the struggle and this is where it's like really hard as a 28 year old man. Like, this movie isn't really for me. Like, sure, every movie's for somebody to some point, but, like, the fact that it has, like, a super predictable, especially final act, that really just lost me because it was like, oh, I know how it's going to play out. And sure, it looks pretty, but, like, it's not really keeping my attention that much. Like, that does bring it down for me. But, like, eight-year-old me would have loved it, you know? And so, like, that's like that's, that's the tension of doing these kids' movies, right? Where it's, like... I think, I think that there's actually like a lot of adult stuff in this movie, which is great, but I think it's presented in a, like, like Jack, I know you've mentioned on the podcast before several times about how you feel like this is the most realistic that a panic attack has been portrayed. And i like, am inclined to believe you. I can't think of a better example. off top. Yeah, of I
1: don't my head. know if I said that just, so Oh you. shoot. That might not have been me. Wow. I'm, I think I've, he- I've heard somebody mention that before, but
0: maybe Jake, somebody,
1: I can see somebody that. I mean, that. and it's true though. Right? Like, I think that, those adult m- moments are what makes this movie soar for people our age. Like the highlight for me was is the whole big bad wolf character. Yeah, the way that they animate him, like he's genuinely scary every now and then. Yeah, um, I do think that the like crisis that Puss in Boots is going through here does feel very real. But I mean, yeah, like the kids moments are the things that hold, like there are jokes that are too cheesy for me, for sure. And that's why I generally can't connect with the Shrek movies or kind of sure. humor that doesn't line I don't, up with me.
3: But
0: I don't mind the cheese. In fact, a lot of the times the cheesy stuff, the corny stuff was the stuff that I found the most enjoyable because I think this movie found a really clever way of doing it. Just like I feel like the first two Shrek movies really do as well by you know having the princess be from a village literally called Far, Far Away, like is just hilarious like in concept and sure is cheesy and kind of corny, you know, but then also and like, you know, Gingy and the muffin man just make Shrek two for me. Um, it's just awesome. You know, it's in the fairy godmother singing. I need a hero. Absolutely. It all works on every level for me. Uh, so like I, I, I it's, it's kind of that push and pull. Cause I didn't mind the, like the cheesy corny. It's just, it's just more so like, I kind of knew exactly where this movie was going at every given step. You know, they introduce, all these different things. And it's like, especially once you get to a certain point where you're like, oh, why is Goldilocks in this? And you have the like, Goldilocks doing the, um, uh, you know, finally, eventually, eventually revealing what her wish is going to be. And you're like, okay, well, we don't know what Jack's wish is just yet, but there's no way Puss is going to use this. And there's no way, like, to get him more lives because that to would be too selfish for him to do at this point, uh, in the movie. And we're not going to get Goldilocks to do it because that's just a bad, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're led to believe that that's not great, right? Like, that, you know, she's, she's given up her chosen family, right. For, you know, a quote unquote real family. And of course she's going to realize that what she had was real. All Anyway, like you just know what's going there. I was like, they might give Jack the wish depending on what it is. And then of course his wish is evil and malicious. And it's like, okay, so nobody's going to get a wish and Kitty Softpaws, you know, like her wish was to get a friend she can trust. And obviously, you know, she's like that. Anyway. So either way, it's just one of those where it's like, you can tell where this movie is going to be. 20 minutes before it actually gets there and it's it's visually great to watch it's got some really clever jokes in it i really enjoy like i really enjoyed watching it there's a lot of little stuff and i can't remember like all the jokes i did watch this about a week ago and i've slept since then i've been sick since then (laughs) so like i've forgotten a lot of about this movie but i do remember really liking it so i can't remember like specific instances but i do remember Um, just a lot of it being, uh, just really working. So
1: just for the, I mean, I agree with most of what you're saying. I think this movie is destined to be like predictable in many ways, because you're not just, you're not dealing with original characters. You're dealing with like archetypes with tried and true stories. So, I mean, like Goldilocks, we all know Goldilocks and the three bears. I was just still impressed by like how they reach these like similar conclusions of like these age old stories, but doing it in a different way. And I was still impacted. Like Goldilocks's like final little thing i know it's cliche but it still like worked for me um i thought that was like a gen- genuinely emotional moment for her dealing with like i don't want this i don't want this i can't find happiness but then it's like kind of finding that i don't know it just worked for me i think the predictability is going to be there
0: for sure yeah like it just is going to be and that's why like maybe i was just expecting more knowing how much this movie was hyped so ultimately sorry, it, yeah. I, I really liked the movie i promise mm-hmm. Um, like there was like there was moments I find myself just cackling and loving, and again maybe some of those moments you might find corny, but like when he's burying his suit and he's like doing it like a cat covers up his own poop, or like I die, I was rolling laughing. My wife was just looking over me like you child, and yeah. I l- loved it. So, like I l- I really loved like all the little things and like even like the the intro musical song like you know, Puss is deliberately kicking off a bunch of glasses. I'm like, yes, hilarious. Cats love to kick things off of ledges. Yes. Um, I just, yeah, I really, I, I really found the movie to be clever. I just, I think because it wound up being kind of a surprise hit to everybody and then Oscar nominated, just maybe I expect more. Now nah, she's been pretty quiet. What's, uh, what's going through your mind?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of it has kind of been covered. Uh, I actually just went back and read my uh, review from when I first watched it to get some thoughts because I definitely got caught up in the hype train too initially. And I think that is reflected in, cause to be completely honest, I didn't rewatch the movie. I just didn't have time to. And I was like, sure. okay, well there's three movies and I remember enjoying it. It, I think, I, I think I'm looking back on it with a little bit more fondness at the time I struggled with, I think it didn't totally marry the very, Mature and adult themes that do exist, a la grappling with mortality and death and panic attacks. And like, I like a lot of that stuff in the movie. I think it doesn't mm-hmm. always marry super well with the silly because it still has the Shrek universe fairy tale silliness. And I think that was maybe my original hang up. I don't mind that it's predictable. I would say that a vast majority of movies could be labeled as somewhat predictable, especially. If it's a movie that is more or less towards a younger audience, mm-hmm. but I, I think I think it's just a cool movie to look back on, like cultural zeitgeisty, where it's the type of movie that younger audiences, when we're a little bit older and they're a little bit older, will look back on as like, yeah, that was one of my favorite animated movies when I saw that I was a kid, and I think that's kind of cool to look back on because it is a objectively beautiful movie to look at. It has some wonderful voice per- voice performances. Mm-hmm. Each character kind of has standouts and there's a lot of characters. Like you have um you, well, Harvey Guillen specifically is like the standout. Yeah, Yes. And Yeah, I loved him. Yeah, and I yeah, the Goldilocks and the Three Bears stuff is incredible. I loved Jiminy Cricket.
1: Yeah, that dynamic then, was really good.
2: So there's a there's a lot of elements to really, really love that I think you can really hold on to, particularly if you were a younger fan watching the movie it's not perfect to me but did you I think it's very good did you catch this one in theaters Nash I did not I caught it later
1: I think that would have helped you guys out a little bit too like Probably. this movie is beautiful yes the fight like fighting the giant at the beginning that that big final confrontation um when they're kind of jumping between the different pathways there depending on who was holding the map it is a really bright colorful mu- movie and it's not like Some animated some kids movies or kids products kind of lean towards like flashing colors just to grab attention and some flash the colors artistic like actually are putting in thought to how this world might come together. And this is one of those and it it does look really, really great on a big screen.
2: Yeah, I do wish I had seen it because I mean, I remember I remember I was like, well, we're going to look back on Spider-Man and be like, oh, wow, look how look how animation changed from when Spider-Man came out because Mm -hmm. Like Puss in Boots 2 I think looks a lot different than Puss in Boots 1 in terms of Very how it w- yeah. how it yes, was animated. Yes. yes. And, and it's I,
1: certainly a product of Spider-Verse. I think exactly. there is definitely some inspiration there.
2: Exactly. And so mm-hmm. I'm like I I really wish I had had the opportunity to see it in an, in a grander scale and I can mm-hmm. 100% appreciate it even now, but yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a good looking movie. Yeah. So, just a fun time. 100%. Yeah
0: super super high recommend um really did like it i it's but it, but yeah it's i guess spoiler alert for the oscars and review episode it's not going to be my pick for animated movie of last year but <laughs> i am happy it got a nomination you know um especially when it came out i remember being like eh, who who's asking for this and you know what i'm glad it exists is it it, w- it would have been 2022 right or when did this come out Twenty twenty two, so given out at the twenty twenty three Oscars. So in when we do the episode in two months, we'll be reviewing the awards given out oh, last gotcha, year. Cool. So, so yeah, we'll just So it's not, um, it's not going to override. Uh, what did we, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio? I haven't seen that one yet, but mm. I'll, I'll get around to it before that yeah. episode. So, a good one. but like, but I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm happy it has an Oscar nomination, especially when I, you know, since I said the movie was, I was expecting nothing from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a surprise one. Let's move on to Up in the Air. 2009 movie written and directed by Jason Reitman starring George Clooney, Vera Farmiga, Anna Kendrick, Jason Bateman, uh, Melanie Linsky, JK Simmons, Sam Elliott, Danny McBride, Zach Galifianakis. Um, just lots of, uh, mm-hmm. Lots of people, and most of them are in for a scene or two, but um, yeah, and boy, Jason Bateman looks weird in this movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Bingham enjoys living out of suitcase for his job, traveling around the country, firing people, but uh, finds that his lifestyle is threatened by the presence of a potential love interest and, and a new hire, presenting a new business model. 2009 movies, or Grace Reitman already mentioned that. You both have this uh, as your number one pick, so... Out of all the movies you could have picked, real quick, what's your history and why that one? Um, Jack, let's start with you this time.
1: Um, this is one of the movies, like when I was first really getting into like watching movies and wanting to catch up on stuff that people have um, been, been big fans of, probably would have been when I was like 14 or 15, like 10 years ago now. Um, this is one that just was on some kind of streaming service or maybe like my parents had it on DVD or something. I threw it in and at this point has just become like a comfort movie. Like... It's it's serious it's but it's never there there's always humor there. It's fun, the characters are great, the lessons learned are impactful and um, it it is just always stuck with me. I just I'm always just like thinking about putting this movie
2: on uh, whenever I'm kind of bored.
0: Nice. Um uh, Nash, it's wow, we
2: are <laughs> we are really simpatico today because that was really <laughs> similar to what I like my perspective on it too. It was it's interesting because we have two movies today that are that came out from a very similar time that I have mm-hmm. kind of a somewhat similar perspective on where I didn't watch a lot of movies at this time in my life.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I was like entering high school. There's no way I would have seen this movie in theaters. It probably was caught like probably a DVD or it was just on TV or something. Mm-hmm. But it grabbed me. It grabbed me when I was a kid and it like burned itself into my brain. There's like certain lines, there's certain elements that weaseled its way into... Like my the things that I love, the things that I think about on a weekly basis. And yeah, Up in the Air is probably one of the most rewatched movies for me since it has come out. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's a comfort movie. 100%. I love the cast. Uh, it's funny. It's relatable. I see myself in the characters, which is somewhat unfortunate now as like I'm older and yeah. I can see that that's not necessarily a good thing. But yeah, I love this movie. So I yeah, and I look at it with great fondness.
0: hmm. Yeah, this is just a movie that 2009 me I was in middle school, right? Um, Like, whatever a new George Clooney movie, I'm sure my older sister is interested because uh-huh. she's interested in anything George Clooney isn't, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I was certainly like, yeah, that was like prime me really realizing I was a movie guy. And then like, but yeah, this wasn't going to be the movie that I was going to watch. But then just hearing people talk about how good it is later and was like all right maybe one of these days i'll check it out and then someday i just decided to throw it on my watch list and eventually pick it up and here we are so up in the air on the like it love i it, hated this like i it, think it's just okay scale where do you guys fall the highest side of love it that i
2: could probably put it on
0: yeah <laughs> high side of love for sure this is the one that i've been the most interested to talk about for the last week and i'm happy i watched it a week ago because i am uh i'm just i'm in loved it for sure I just have problems with it, like, and that's OK. Like, I still loved it.
2: Yeah, I I, I yeah, I want to say I rewatched it last night for the first time, maybe a year. Uh, I watched it a lot more in college, but I probably hadn't seen it in like a year. And I don't know if it was just like different life experiences that I've had over the last year. There are other there are some elements where I was like, ooh, that caught in a way that I don't think that's ever caught with me before. Like certain humor just didn't, hasn't aged super well, certain characterizations maybe hasn't, but that being said, I still love it. So I understand what you're coming from.
0: I, I, I'm not sure actually, Uh, we'll get there. I do want to real quick before we, before we do that, I do want to actually, because I forgot to, and I feel like it's implied in every episode, but we'll be spoiling these movies in their entirety and their full. And, you know, the, um, I I I didn't mention it in Puss in Boots too because I forgot, and then I was like, it's probably not important. Oh, one more note about Puss in Boots: you can throw out the whole Jack Horner character, and the movie's the same. Okay, back to Up in the Air.
1: <laughs> Disagree. This feels <laughs>
0: but, uh, but,
1: uh, no. Feels He's like an illegal
0: funny. punch. A legal punch <laughs> after the clock.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep
1: going.
0: Spoiler warning for Up in the Air. Uh, because I t- do. Th-
1: and Kendrick out of this movie, and it would be exactly the same. Shut up! I'm
0: joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do think this one does merit that spoiler warning um, because mm-hmm. there's certain like reveals um, in this movie that are um, I think best experienced um, mm-hmm. um, by their own. So, oh yeah, oh boy, I want to get there eventually, but I do want to love on this movie for first because this movie is just cool, and Clooney is just cool, and mm-hmm. like what I love about it is that like you can see his life and how like isolated and like lonely it can be, but also how he's like made it not that like how he, you know, they make, he makes connections with people on the road and um, he doesn't really like to be Look, like, I get it. Right. Like I've been to Omaha. I don't really care to go back. It's fine. Zoo's pretty cool. But like if, if I lived in Omaha, I, you know, and had the opportunity to travel a bunch on company dime and make bank, I'd absolutely do it. You know? And you know, and he seems to like his work. I mean, as much as you can firing people, right. Um, he's clearly good at it, right. Like, uh-huh. but, and, he, and he has clear established goals, right. Like I was, you know, talking about it, like, would I do something like this? And it's like, I think I would do something like this, but kind of with the caveat, like, obviously I would have to commit to it before I got married, you know, and then, and then kind of figure that out too. We're also like, I, I think this would be a great job that you could do, like, full time and you work until you're like 40 and then you just retire really early. You know, you gotta be paid well. Right. And if he's living out of a suitcase, he doesn't have to buy new clothes and all this feels, feels are paid for anyway. But like he has a clear goal in mind and the movie establishes that he wants to, he wants to get to a certain number and they eventually reveal what it is. But he's like, I'm, I'm trying to get to a number and I'm not quite there yet. And, uh, like he, he's clearly like motivated and intent. I understand this character and he is cool. And I just loved hanging out with him, and he and Vera Farmiga have incredible chemistry in this movie. Huh? Um, and and he and Andrew Kendrick have incredible chemistry in this movie. I, I, has, has George Clooney ever not had incredible chemistry with somebody? Absolutely not. Not Probably that I know. can think of. I don't. Know. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Mountains Men or Leathernecks or uh, <laughs> 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 Men Who Stare <laughs> at Goats <laughs> yet. <laughs> Mountains Men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, monuments, men. Whatever. It's no, I know. There. I know. All right yes i i think Clooney is cool and i love hanging out with him and he's very like clear and brought out and i think the situation like just when you start getting comfortable too i think the throwing in of Andy kendrick's character and it's like man 2009 and the idea of doing telecom stuff like how revolutionary what that was at the time it's like man look where we come in 15 years this movie feels way outdated but i guess i also thought it came out more recently than 2009 but um either way just I, I I love this movie because I love hanging out with these people. And I, I understand who everybody is and what their intents are like pretty quickly early on. And then they just kind of vibe together. Um, But I want to shut up for a second. So
2: uh, Nash, go for it. Oh, I was just going to I mean, uh, if we're kind of more of the surface level stuff, one, uh, I 100% agree with you. George Clooney is kind of a vibe. But I also I when I was watching it last night, I was like, you know what? I feel like we need to give credit to George Clooney because yes, we often use the, like he is very suave. He's very charismatic. He's very likable in movies. Like he's really easy to root for when you see him on yes. the screen, but he also kind of plays goofy, almost dorky. He like layers that into, into his characters. A lot of the times, like for example, in this movie really early on, he's on a plane and there's a flight attendant like walking past him. And it's like an, uncomfortable situ- like conversation because he doesn't really know how to have actual conversations with people beyond firing them. And cause he has shut out a lot of the closest uh-huh. people in his life. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was necessarily an intentional choice. I mean, it seems like it was because it's like a really random scene to just throw at the beginning of your movie. But
0: I was expecting that scene to pay out. Yeah. I'm what not I- sure it did. Right. The, the cancer scene. Right. Or are you talking about a different Oh yeah scene? yeah yeah
2: yeah you do you want a cancer yes
0: yes Like I was expecting there to be like a big reveal like he's terminal and he wants to just like fly until he dies like like no, like I think I he's
2: was... used to, I think he's just kind of awkward like I think yeah. he
0: doesn't really
2: know how to like he he engages with people yeah, in yeah, a yeah. very specific way but he doesn't know how to like engage as a human being and the first person yes. that he actually has yes. a human human connection with is Vera Formiga who is just another person in a similar role as him
0: So, but even their relationship, like if it does feel artificial, like if it feels like real in the sense there's like passion, but they're very like. We just had sex. All right. When can we have sex again? Let's get on our Blackberries and schedule it. You know, like.
2: Yeah. And. Well, 100 percent. And before. Yeah. We can get to elements of that later. But like. Yes. I also. But like like there is a real connection there. But there. You're right. He is still kind of robotish. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then throw in Anna Kendrick. This was the beginning of like. Oh, my gosh. Anna Kendrick is incredible. Uh, And because I mean, she got. Also, she
0: can act well. Yeah. Yeah. Um.
2: (laughs) She, She is. Uh, she, I think she got a Best Supporting Actress nom for this. Good for her. Which is like, I I, I have her book. I read her book. She was like, it's crazy being like incredibly like I, she was like still poor, still scraping together. And she had to get a dress to go to this to the Oscars because she was nominated for this little movie that she did. And she's mm-hmm. so good in it. Like, yeah, a lot of like a lot of the George Clooney character. There is some like slimy, outdated things that he says, some opinions that he says. Yeah. And she calls him out for it. She calls yes. him. She's like, that's racist. Like you're that. What you're saying is, is ra- like the way he treats relationships, the idea that he has. She calls him out for being lonely. Oh and yeah. It, yeah. The suitcase scene where he's like, get behind the Asians. Yeah. <laughs> that's so racist. it's just a like, it's this. So it's just special shout out to her. Cause she was like a very young actress early in her movie career. And she absolutely crushes it out of the park. And then she'll go on to be like, it's really easy to see why she went on to be this like kind of sensation in all the yeah. comedy movies because she's very funny, but it's great. Well,
0: yeah. She's known for being that like quirky, funny, but this was before pitch perfect. So like uh-huh. what has she done before this? Well, I don't know if I think she's in twilight, which I think comes out in 2000. Oh yeah. That doesn't count. And no. then she's
2: in like, she was like a Broadway person. And then she was in like the movie called camp <coughs> that, a very small population have seen and enjoy, but it's not mm, very okay. good.
0: Uh Yeah. Yeah. A little bit in twilight and then yeah, here and then the other twilights and Scott Pilgrim. But yeah, like I guess, I guess I thought this came out kind of like after pitch perfect, but c- because I just kind of see that as the start of his, her career. Cause I never yeah. saw the twilight movies or whatever, but like it's, it would be easy to kind of look at her and be like, yeah, Anna Kendrick, of course she's, you know, the like quirky, funny, she's really good in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. It's like, maybe my favorite, like acting scene in the movie eh, second, sorry, second is the scene where, um, where her boyfriend breaks up with her. Cause see, like, she's so over the top with it. And, but like, it works like y- you understand what's, so she is doing a little bit of the, like, you know, pitch perfect Anna Kendricky thing. But like, you're also like, yeah, I get it. Like, she's like a 22 year old moved to Omaha for a guy, right? Like nobody goes to Nebraska on purpose, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah her life and, just uh, fell apart yeah yeah and she turned down the san francisco job for that yeah and her whole life just fell apart and especially like knowing her personality nor knowing she's very structured right she's been planning out these things with everybody and then just to be like hey that all your st- uh, your biggest piece of your structure was just taken away from you like yeah it would make sense why she has the meltdown that she does and then goes and parties with george clooney and vera farmiga of course um uh jack you've been quiet no i mean
1: it's the main thing like <laughs> Clooney and and Anna Kendrick being just kind of such good foils of each other. It's like such an authentic working relationship where you have the celebrated veteran who is very stuck in his ways and is correct. Like he confidently does know this stuff. He's good at his job. He knows the nuances. You have Anna Kendrick who does see flaws in a system that she's new to, um, introduces some ideas. She's wrong. He's wrong. They both have, like, it just, it's so real. I can very much like relate to her being someone who's like, a new person in a career field that's kind of dominated by the people who've been doing it for a minute and you kind of, yeah, they say problematic things, but you kind of got to, I, I mean, I respect her for being able to put her voice out there and kind of show these ideas, even after be, having those humbling moments where she, the, the hilarious or painfully hilarious moment with JK Simmons, where she's talking about like, yeah, man. actually, actually it's uh, been shown that kids uh, are do better in school after these trying moments, like, those kind of humbling moments are are so good. They're the the best parts of the movie. They go so well with the script, just because like that witty humor. They both nail it perfectly. It's all just so believable and genuine. And yeah, I mean everybody's flawed. Everybody's wrong. We're all learning. Like I, I love that Clooney's kind of like biggest fear, like this idea of being afraid of commitment. Ultimately, right? It's it's something that we all know. Like a fear of commitment is something you got to work through. He finally decides he's going to try to work through it, goes and sees Vera Farmiga, and is like met with the worst possible case scenario. Um and then still like finds a way to Was that a shock to you guys?
2: In 2008 or 9 when I saw First time you watched it.
1: <laughs> First time I watched it I was shocked for yes. sure. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, I picked up on it way early. Yeah. Oh, you're just a genius, aren't you, Aaron? <laughs> no,
1: I just—I saw it when no. I was like 14.
0: No, there was a moment where uh, it's the scene where Anna Kendrick gets mad at Clooney, and she's on the dock, and she, and she essentially calls him out that he yeah. he has nothing real in his life, and here's this real thing presenting it to her, uh, presenting it to him. And I'm like, oh, the yeah, like I'm, I'm I'm and about 20 minutes later, I realize like, no, the relationship isn't real it's just real from her perspective, mm. but like, we know kind of what it is. We know what, because they have that conversation. This is what you signed up for. I'm like, yeah, what if she's married at, like, and, or has kids or like, like I, I, I was piecing it together. And, um, that, that coupled with the, there's the scene where, um, it, where they're, uh, what would you look for in an ideal mate? And she starts like listing offspring and she's like, Wants kids like this thing. I was like, I bet she has kids. Yeah, like wants kids. Likes, like, season but you know, just sort of piecing it all together, and then the big reveal happened. I was like, mm, Yeah, I, it still stings. I was I hoping just, I was wrong.
1: I just love it though because like a character who we've seen is just so averse to change hits this moment where he's kind of potentially proven right. Like maybe he could just learn there that commitment is dangerous and I should just completely isolate myself from everybody like I've been doing. Um, But still continuing to like fight through it after that is like such a real experience um, to me. And I I just think these characters are so well thought through. The message is so like confident and pointed, even though there's like a lot of murkiness to what lifestyle is right. Like there's a lot of lessons you could take from it, but I just love how everybody here is, making mistakes and flawed and it makes it all feel so real. Especially when Clooney is like generally just like considered the perfect guy, like has a lot of depth in this character.
0: All right. Here's, here here's my biggest negative with this movie. And Oh boy, it's exactly what you're talking about. And I just, I, I was like, I'm not sure if it's like what it's, what's intended to be. And I, th- I think it is ultimately, I think it's a negative for me. And it's at the end of the day, like especially what feels like such a remarkable character character turn, I feel like Clooney is the same guy at at the beginning of the movie as the as at the end of the movie with maybe like a slightly softer heart, but more so because of Anna Kendrick. I feel like his whole turn of wanting something real with that Alex with Alex with Vera Farmiga's character is is null and void that whole like painful split there because he just goes back on and it feels like he's kind of happy with this life. and i just like i feel like the character has even reverted in some ways i like i i don't i didn't like that like i'm fine with ugh, maybe i'm not explain uh I, maybe i'm explaining it fine maybe i'm not explain maybe i'm just totally wrong here i just like he he gets to a point where he realizes this is not a lifestyle suitable for anybody And he wants, he finally has that companionship and and he's been so afraid of commitment for so long. You know, his job is literally, you know, breaking up commitment, right? Between employers and and employees and his job is ending commitments. And so when he finally gets this real opportunity in front of him, he, he, he leaps at it and then he gets burned. And I feel like his takeaway is I can't trust anybody anymore. Like I, I shouldn't like I am, I was justified in not committing to anything. Now I'm going to go back to my lonely life out of a suitcase, except now I don't have, you know, Alex or Natalie around. Right. Like, does that make sense to you guys? 100% makes sense. Like I understand where you're coming from. I think, I think if you see me, I didn't like that. The message of the movie is that he's justified and is like, he's essentially the same character and he's, He's, he's not like he's shown the errors of his ways. And then he like, you know, has a change of heart and then seemingly is undone immediately. Like, I think that's where I'm pushing back a little bit. I, Cause I think I, okay.
2: I disagree that it's this, that it's, that he's reverting back. I think that the movie ends before where other movies might keep going and show change But we see. I think the point of the movie is you see this very, very, ultimately lonely and isolated man kind of starting to his world is, is unraveling because he starts to have feelings for somebody else. He makes a meaningful work relationship. He goes to his sister's wedding and realizes how outside of these people's lives that he is. I don't like, I think all the movie is, is presenting that, Hey, this was his way of life. And this is, these are the choices that he was making. And, and, it's allowing him it's opening the door for him to start walking through of like, okay, well, how do I find a better balance in my life? How do I be a better brother? He sends, he sends a lot of his miles to his sister and Danny McBride. I I, I don't know. I think it, I don't think it presents that he is fully reverting back. I think that it presents that his goals in life are changing, have shifted. He's no longer chasing a million miles, or is it ten million miles? Ten million. 10 million miles. Like he did it. It was pretty underwhelming. Sam Elliott came and gave him some platitudes, and I think there's there's a realization that he is the way he has approached his life has not been super healthy. I think that it's opening the door for that conversation. He's not a completely changed man. I think he does still like traveling mm. and on the road, and like we the, the last line of the movie is that he's flying above. Like he's not. He hasn't left his job but I think that his motivation as a human being in terms of how he connects with other people has changed and we are seeing that shift. And then the movie ends. And so we don't get the fairy tale ending necessarily, but it's like, I, it feels very real life mm-hmm. and true to somebody coming out of like having a very isolationist kind of perspective and trying to break those boundaries down a little bit. So I think, I guess I,
0: yeah, I, gu- I guess maybe the disconnect is I I, I agree that I think he's in a, like a different place, right? Like clearly like he's he, he, through his experience with Alex and Natalie, like he's got some different uh, like thoughts, right? He's got some different um, wh- like ways he wants to handle some things. But he's he's he had the shift where he realized that, hey, like maybe all of this wasn't for nothing. Right. And then like he. Decides to take all that into account and he goes and he chases down Alex. And I just feel like he comes back and his, he, he, he just hasn't, so I want to find a way to articulate this that makes any sort of logical sense. He is maybe like understanding that things maybe aren't, shouldn't be done the same way, but I don't, I, I don't quite know. <sighs> It's really difficult discussing how it feel. Uh, cause I feel because I agree like it feels it feels like a very real ending. I'm not I don't even want a happy ending of the, in a movie like this. You know, I I I kind of like the bittersweet ending. I just like it just it just feels like he didn't necessarily like grow. Like it feels like all of his growth was reverted. And I, I think you're right, too, Nash, that it's like a, a, a worse movie would have continued the story here. I found, I found out that Jojo Rabbit, this is a complete side quest, Jojo Rabbit, the movie, ends halfway through the original book, and the second half of the book, like, is super dark and sketch. Like, and now I'm really excited to read the book, but... You know what? what up Sorry, that's air... side t- tangent. I, I, yeah, I, I, I just feel like it, it, it almost reverted him. Sorry, I'm having trouble. No, you're good. Conjecture.
2: Jack, what I, I'm so interested because you also love this movie. So what, mm-hmm. what would you say in response? No,
1: I, I think it's just like this this moment. I mean, specifically this conversation, this movie in general, like super similar to The Holdovers. Like specifically that scene with Paul Giamatti sitting at the party and like the girl goes and like kisses the guy on the cheek or whatever. Like it's that exact same thing. right? Like in that moment, he is not completely being sent back to like the curmudgeoning guy he was at the beginning of the movie. I, it's just kind of like, It's one learning to like appreciate relationships, value like finding relationships, and two understanding that yeah, you know, you are a little bit right. Like part of it does suck. You just got to push through because like Clooney, I mean, he doesn't end in like a romantic relationship, but I think he's in a better spot with his family. He helped out and Kendrick get the job Mm -hmm. with that. Like I, I think he does make some progress. I think even at the end of the movie, like he's like looking at the destination board, trying to find somewhere different to like, try to experience something that he wants to like, I think his, his worldview is open. He's trying to connect like a lot more in, in that way. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's the same character. I think he he has definitely learned a lot and is opening up, but isn't at the end of that process.
2: I love the holdovers comparison because I, yeah, "Mm." similar concepts for, for
0: sure. I guess. I'm happy I got to sit on it for a little bit, but I'm not like, and that's why I was so happy to to talk about this one with you guys. I just, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't like where he was left at the very end. That's okay. You're allowed. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will say one thing that I loved about the ending though. The whole movie is at least framed. The whole plot happens for this movie because Anna Kendrick has this idea that we're going to take all of these firings, which is our job to travel and fire people. We're going to take them on. We're going to make them virtual. And Clooney is showing to her why that's a bad idea. And yes, there's, some give and take, I think, um, in both arguments. I think the movie does a good job at setting up the, like, you see her viewpoint, you see his viewpoint, you see it right? Like, because you're like, oh yeah, that should be able to work, but he's like, you know, like, there's that, even that very first scene with Zach Galifianakis, where he's like, you know, like, our job is to do it in the best way possible, and then it shows, like, him putting bleach in the coffee pot, or like, you know, with a sniper across mm-hmm. the street, like, just saying, like, if we don't handle this right, this is the outcome, you know? And so, tele- telecommunication is potentially... Like if you don't have that human connection, if there's nobody there to to stop you, to have that like like man, that J. K. Simmons interview is so good. Mm-hmm. That scene is so good. Really good. Um and really shows you why Cludie is so good at his job because we'd seen him do the like the the training manual, quote unquote, you know, mm-hmm. um beforehand with where he does with the uh, Zach Galfinakis, where he's like the you know, the the best people, the, the most creative people in the world have come about today because of this moment here. It's your job. How do you respond to that? You know? And, and he does all the like textbook answers. Here's your thing. You're going to, you're going to get that. And we'll talk to you soon. But then you get to see him like actually improv with that JK. Simms. he says, well, what about co-? like it shows that he's clearly just really good at his job, not just spitting the same thing over and over again. Anyway, all that to be said, this is all framed in this way where eventually it takes a dark turn and uh, and Anna Kendrick is interviewing the one person, and she says, "I don't need it. I know exactly what my next plan is. I am going to go to the bridge across my house, and I am going to jump off." And that's like in the middle of the movie, and it's not really referenced. That again, you know, they go to the parking lot, and he's like, eh, "Everybody says that, yada 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 yada, right?" Like, and then there is a moment at the end of the movie mm-hmm. where like that comes up, and uh, and Jason Bateman has to confront him, and, he, and he's gonna be like, "Do you remember this conversation?" And he says, "No," and I genuinely believe he doesn't remember that conversation. I, I think the movie is set up really well in a way that it's like, I don't think he's lying to save his job. I think it's just the nature of this job. I think it would be easy to be like, oh, yeah, he's lying to get out of it. Sure, because he knows he's in the wrong and he knows he could get fired and he knows he could you know potentially even be sued and yada, yada, yada. Right. Like, but I think I think the movie is set up in such a brilliant way and his character is written in such a great way that i i genuinely believe that he doesn't remember that conversation what is maybe the most memorable conversation in the movie right like
3: mm-hmm.
0: anyway i just uh i just wanted to point that out like that was my favorite moment of the movie where like the movie ends and i'm like i told my wife i'm like i think he doesn't remember her at all like <laughs> and that's sad though like he's just full it's- so disconnected so
1: like it's like that's like the consequence he has found these benefits for himself of isolating himself from the world. And then doesn't even get faced with like the path of destruction. He's leaving behind kind of until those moments.
0: Well, and to be fair, his, if, if you have that kind of job, I feel like that's kind of what you have to do. now. Yep. Obviously refer, Hey, by the way, at least get a report. Like somebody should check up on this person, you know, but refer, you know, refer to the employee and the, like your employee and the person, That just Mm -hmm. fired them you know like but like if you have that that job i do think you need to yeah well i mean like that is kind of like again the job is set up in such a way that it's like even though to me that jk simmons was the most memorable and best i i don't think he would remember that conversation either you know mm -hmm. like not just because of all the like the turmoil going around him you know go having to go save his sister's wedding and um you know and and the whole you know running with alex you know surprise you know she has a family um and you're her boy toy like and uh like all all that kind of stuff like it's just i think it's his nature of his job he forgets and he moves on and goes somewhere else you know i mean the job is so
1: messed up like he like that role he basically is he is like the human manifestation of the zoom like a zoom screen but for like the bosses of the company like he is that interstitial that we're kind of like that's being critiqued that we're being against like Clooney's like, no, this has to be done face to face or else like there's all this potential damage or like it kind of dehumanizes them where like probably the best thing would be to interact with the person who knows who they are. Who's kind of been, um, who's kind of behind this decision to begin with. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just kind of a flawed situation that puts them in a bad mindset for sure. <laughs> it's a crazy job. I mean, I can't even, that would destroy my mental health. Yeah. Having no, to look at these people good. like that they're like, that's just so brutal.
0: It's one of those where I was like, oh, I don't think I would ever want that job. But I certainly do love watch, watching Clueda Cle- yeah. do this job. <laughs> and that's
1: it. Like, that's another reason why this is like a, such like a like a warm like movie that me and Nash like both go back to. Right. Like it is really heavy stuff. Like you are watching these people at like all time low moments. But I mean, it's it's funny. The people are nice. We're kind of learning to grow from these mistakes that we're making. That's like what makes it so like rewatchable. And stuff like that
2: it's just it's very relatable like it's weirdly Mm -hmm. relatable because you can relate you can relate to almost everybody at some Mm -hmm. various point like somebody being at their all-time low getting fired somebody you know trying like trying to figure out relationship status somebody being young and like you said stepping into a new company with Mm -hmm. established presences like these are all things that we all experience I, i don't know i like it's just very much a movie of like hey it's a bunch of versions of myself represented on screen that, Mm -hmm. that exist at any given time. Yeah. So I think it's just a very good movie. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was, I was a big fan. I'm happy. I uh, got a chance to check it out. So uh, thank you guys for Mm -hmm. letting me do
2: that. Also, can we get Jason Reitman back on track a little bit here, please? Yeah. Just going to say that
1: he's, He's got some promise. I don't know what he's done recently, but
2: with the see, Ghostbusters. The Ghostbusters. And then he's doing this. I kind of liked it. And then he's doing this SNL 1975 movie, which is weird. Odd. Yeah. This we haven't
1: seen it. Smoking, it could be good. But, I guess. Yeah. It just does seem like he's just living like in, it's his his dad's kind of shadow, right? Like, well they and that's the ghostbusters
2: doing the yeah i don't
1: know it's
2: just kind of weird because like back in the day like thank you for smoking juno up in the air and then he did like a movie called young adult which i thought was really great totally Mm -hmm. i thought was really great like he he like lived in like the indie scene for a long time and was making really fun indie movies Mm -hmm. and now he's not really making indie movies anymore Yep, which makes me sad but i'm just a I'm just old yeah, and That's what happens when you I'm get really successful now. making
0: indies, right? Like yep. then they give you chances with big monies, yeah. And then yep. pretty soon he'll do a Marvel movie, right? You know, or a Star Wars or a <laughs> something. Anyway, now he did Ghostbusters. That's close. Yep. Anyway, big recommend. Up in the air. Mm-hmm. I, again, I loved it. I just I'm conflicted about where Clooney's character ends up and maybe i'll feel different on a rewatch i mean you guys have seen this movie a bunch and you guys have Mm -hmm. you especially knowing where the movie goes right while you're watching it i'm sure would be awesome yeah Mm -hmm. would love to watch this again next time i'm sick yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. Slumdog millionaire this might be the first best picture winner we've talked about in this podcast (laughs) um especially in terms of crossing off my uh my watch list so Slumdog millionaire 2008 of course a best picture winner um, eight Oscars by the way none of them were Dev Patel wasn't even nominated shame uh, a Mumbai teenager reflects on his life after being accused of cheating on the Indian version of Who Wants to Be a M- okay Danny Boyle <laughs> directing this starring Dev Patel um, and a couple other people I'm not going to try to names and maybe you recognize them maybe you don't I recognize the host of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and I recognize the, um, police, the police inspector, inspector. yeah because he's Nirfan mm-hmm. Khan, yeah. He, Jurassic World is, I think, what I knew him from, but he's, he's also in Life Mason of Pi. Starman. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah. It's also
1: interesting. This was
0: co-directed by uh, somebody
1: named Lovely tanda Not so. It's not just Danny Boyle, which I didn't even know.
0: It says co-director India. So my guess is they got like the either they were with Danny Boyle doing the India stuff or like maybe they got B-roll India stuff. I I don't know exactly. Mm. Yes, I, I did see that. Yeah, that, that was interesting. Um, based off of the novel, Q&A should be noted. This is not based off of a true story because I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, this is sort of like it, it's it's a framing device meant to display the hardships that a teen can go through. So or sorry, that a child could go through in India. Yeah. So Nash, you have this one on your list. Uh, why, why did you pick this one?
2: It's very, it's a very similar reason, like I said, to the other one. whereas I haven't. This is not a comfort movie. I should say that I've
0: only seen this movie a couple times. Mm-hmm. But yep. turn it on every time I'm sick. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I just love watching the kid dive headfirst into poo. Yeah,
2: yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, I think I've seen this was my third time watching it, and mm-hmm. for some reason, there are whole sequences, extended scenes, so many scenes from this movie just burned into my memory, and I mm-hmm. think that's the. Danny Boyle effect like the just he directed a really kinetic film and so Mm -hmm. I just I like knew every element of the movie that was coming even though I had only seen it like once or twice and which was surprising to me Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to revisit it because it I think I have somewhat complicated feelings on it which is the reason why I put it on my list I didn't necessarily Mm -hmm. put it on my list because I thought it was going to be incredible but yeah that's the reason why I put it there
0: cool um Jack, your history?
1: I had not seen it. This one came out when I was like nine years old. So probably wouldn't have been the, the right time for me. So I uh, was um, excited to have the opportunity to knock it off my list as well. Always had heard good things, but wasn't... Like didn't have... Like I knew it was Oscar nominated. I knew there was controversy behind it. So I wasn't sure where all that came from or where it all landed. So I went in with a pretty like neutral
0: kind of uh, point of view going in. So I don't remember any controversy about this but i don't i I just
1: there's quite a bit of controversy about this one
0: actually cool Mm -hmm. awesome i didn't know Mm -hmm. is it is it because people don't like this movie or is it because no i like
1: like, movie i believe is is pretty well received i think people like in like in india weren't incredibly high on it and then the the main thing that people weren't happy about was the way that the children actors were compensated was a little bit uh
0: oh fair cool yeah awesome fair like it's not awesome fair um Mm -hmm. (laughs) and rightfully so and i don't know anymore and this is the podcast about the movie and so we can acknowledge that and um Mm. in retrospect a lot of people wish the dark knight had won
2: instead of this for best picture i think Mm.
0: uh yeah i mean i I remember i I was looking now to see what was his competition because i remember it I just remember it winning. That was, I think, the first time I ever heard about it. But Oscar winner was not something that really excited me because, like, and I kind of like the King's speech a good amount, but it's like the King's speech or you're, you're very, like, uppity, you're um, you're going for it. You, Maestro would have won in 2006, you know? Yeah. Like, the Oscars were not as... I don't know. It was more so like about prestige. It was about, you know, Oh, we haven't awarded this person. Let's finally do that. You know, uh, really feels like almost a miracle that curious case of Benjamin button didn't win this year. Looking back, cause it's curious case, of Benjamin button, Frost, Nixon, milk, the reader. And so I'm like, fine. I don't like the curious case of Benjamin button. Has anybody talked about the reader since, 2008 i don't know i don't think i've ever heard of that one
1: this one definitely has a legacy more than most like i think it is like largely enjoyed not like looking back on it now
0: yeah i think it's well regarded but i I, it was just one of those like mostly why i wasn't interested in it at the time you know because best picture winner meant something Mm -hmm. different to me especially 2009 you know 14 year old me you know but uh yeah anyway okay i think we can all agree though that uh wally should have been the best picture winner for that year so yeah. I wouldn't have hated a
2: nomination. but It wasn't nominated. I think that was the last year where they did five best. I think this was the last year where they did only five for mm. uh, yeah. Best Picture. Yeah.
0: There was only five and there was only three nominated for Animated. Weird. Wally, Bolt, and um, where are you at? I just had you pulled up. Is that Princess and the Frog? Mm, no idea. Wally, Bolt, and where you at? Animated Feature. <laughs> Good radio. Kung Fu Panda. Oh, okay. Okay. There's three solid movies but yeah. one of them's clearly better than the other two and maybe should have been the best picture winner anyway. Um okay. Nash, on the like It, love I hate this like I it think it's just okay scale. Where do you land? I think
2: uh, I I mean I really juggled with this one a lot because I think that I like I mean I, just objectively, just speaking my truth, like I I like to listen to the voices of critique and the people who are because especially in this instance, the people who are kind of the loudest in terms of a critical response are the people who the the movie is about. And so I I've kind of settled on this fact that it's like, okay, well, it is fantasy. Like this movie is fantastical realism that this is so, this is such a ludicrous premise for this 18 year old to go on a, to go on a show like this and know this many general knowledge trivia questions based simply on, the life experiences that they had. So I'm like trying to kind of find the, find the balance between like listening to the experts, listening to the people you should listen to. And then also like having enjoyment from the, from the, the art form. Uh, I think I'm kind of settling in on like, like high side of like it. There's a lot of elements that I think are like the Danny Boyle elements that he infuses into his like quick, like I feel like 50% of the movie, if not more is filmed on Dutch angles and hand handheld. (laughs) It it has maybe still one of the best soundtracks of all time. Like Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. absolutely bangs. It is like a driving pulse through the movie. It's very, it's edited in a really kinetic way that keeps you engaged. So I don't, I don't know. I think in, in like in retrospect, some of it is like, this is feels a little icky. Particularly because there was, a, there was a lot of movies kind of doing similar things that are like that were coming out of India that may be better than this. Um, and this is like the, the one that everybody knows, but whatever. So sorry, that was a long winded way. I feel like I had to kind of get that all out there of being like, I like this movie. Cool.
0: Jack. Yeah. First uh, time. Like first it? Time. Love, hate it. I like it's just OK. I think high side of liked it. Maybe it
1: almost drifting into loved it. Like I, I think it's it's a good movie.
0: Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to teeter just a little bit into love. I'll go like border mm-hmm. of like I love it. But yeah, I, I loved it.
1: Well, yeah, uh, the like with what Nash is talking about, like after I watched the movie, I definitely did like research. I was like, what what is like the general like what's the temperature here? And the main thing I don't I didn't read anybody saying like this is like unilaterally a bad movie because of like, the way, but like the the concerns were like, OK, well, great. We finally got a movie that takes place fully in India that is nominated for best picture. And it like makes it look like our entire country is just in shambles due to poverty. Right. Like where people were like, yeah, the U S also has these like same like they also have children like on the street and like, I think that was the main thing. So I don't think there's anything icky about like liking the movie. It it becomes icky when you're like, Oh man, those like poor, like Indians. I know like so so much of what their experience is based off this, like one movie. Right.
0: That argument to mm-hmm. me is is kind of the same as when you go like oh another movie about slavery uh, yeah anyway. mm-hmm. uh, yeah uh, it's yeah it's it, it definitely, I, I get it right I get it but there are
1: there are stereotypes here for sure there's like it it portrays the country in like one specific way that doesn't show everything and these problems probably to some extent do exist but but, but you know. I
0: think I think there is merit to understanding that this movie that this movie is hyper realized i think it's it's very set by the the filters that danny boyle uses and the and the like the some of his filming techniques that this is clearly like a grounded realism but clearly also like hyper realized where it's like i i just thought this was based off a true story because i just thought that Mm. somewhere along the line I, i figured but like a pretty quickly realized like oh no this isn't actually true or if it is true it's a framing method for something else. You know, it's like, you know, it's some guy went on and they accused him of cheating and he happened to know all them and they just worked in a bunch of trauma to make it a best picture winner, you know, like, um, because, you know, we love our trauma, but I think there's, there's also enough like, and I don't know because I haven't read, but like this is based off of a book by an Indian author. Like, I mean, I'm going to assume, but based off of the, the name, um, I'm going to assume. Oh, no, I I think it's confirmed. It is. So like, yeah. Yeah, an Indian author. Yeah, born in 1963 in India. So it's like, let's also remember that the source material here is, you know... Again, I'm sure the movie exaggerates some of the source material too, but like... Mm -hmm it's 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 a little bit like extended it's almost kind of like um like grand theft auto you know where it's like yeah there's elements here right but it's clearly not like our it's clearly like it's it's clearly not meant to be telling a story that is entirely true it's it's a very like gta is more satirical but it is clearly like a hyper realized version of crime you know Mm -hmm. anyway no i think a lot of this movie really works and my favorite thing about this movie is the framing of it i think starting off with the whole like how are you cheating? You know this, 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 and then them going through not quite answer by answer, but a lot of answers. Mm-hmm. You know, how did you not know this? And of course, like first of all, Dev Patel is just killing it, especially like in in some of his witty comebacks, right? Where he's like, you know, you know, uh, uh, any idiot, any monkey could have gotten that. And then the like fat security guard, he all he he's like, yeah, even I knew that. He's like, see, any idiot could have gotten it, right? They get, I love I love the like tension mm-hmm. between them too. But uh, anyway, the. Um I, I I love the framing method of this, but I also love that like it could have very easily been like, here's this question, how did you know about this? And then let's get there, right? But sometimes like it gets you there and then it takes you. Like, I think there's a really clever kind of one-two punch where there's a how did you know about Benjamin Franklin on the hundred dollar bill, especially because you don't know that Gandhi's on the hundred thousand rupees, right? or thousand rupees or whatever it was, you know, you know, and, and, and then it takes like 20 minutes to get yeah. to how he knew about Benjamin Frank. Like it takes forever. We're pulled out of that for a while to kind mm. of pass the time to progress the narrative, to get to a place that makes sense. And then there's kind of a casual exchange. And then that leads into a really intense scene with a gun and instead of being prompted, the how do you know the gun? We're led from that scene right after his brother shoots somebody with a revolver uh-huh. to him being like Samuel Colt made the revolver. Like I thought, the really, really clever framing and really clever editing mm-hmm. made this movie into the love to camp for me. I I I, I love the idea of yeah, and even even the from from the very beginning, the the movie opens up and just says Jamal is about to be a millionaire. How did he do it? A, he cheated. B, he's a genius. C, whatever. Or C, he's lucky. Or D, he knew the answers, right? And I think it's a little bit of all except for cheating along the way. Like, there's mm-hmm. clearly, like, especially on that last one where he's like, A, why not? You know, lucky, mm-hmm. right? Or the one where where he uses, I guess it's kind of intuition and luck. Maybe this one's just genius, but choosing to pick D instead of B when mm-hmm. the host told him. But yep. like he just, he knows the answers because of his, exp- I think was a really genius way of framing this. And I, I think that's ultimately what made it work for me. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's not, it's not a formulaic. Here's the question. Let's, let's do 10 minutes, but it's like, sometimes it'll just go and it'll skip questions and it'll, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I thought it was just brilliant. Yeah,
1: no, I love, that's the same. Thing. I love the kind of structure of it. I like that he's, sometimes he does like directly, like have a flashback that teaches him an answer um, yeah. to one of the questions I love that there's for me the moment where the host writes the answer in the board or on the mirror and then he intuitively knows to pick the other answer it's like a similar thing where instead these memories that, or these moments that he's been going through has taught him to be like wary of who he trusts instead of like specifically learning oh this rugby player is super talented he learned oh be careful; these people don't always have your best interest in mind. Yes, and that's how we made the right decision in the end. I think that all is really, really cool, and it's a it's a great like narrative device for sure.
2: All right, Nash, you've
0: been quiet for a while.
2: No, I mean, I like I I said my whole thing, and I completely agree with you. Like that, I think that was the reason why when I when I said earlier that there's just I'd only seen it a couple of times, and there's things just burned into my brain. It's because of the device used within the movie because it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it would be really easy to kind of bungle it. But like you, like you pointed out, Aaron, he splits it up in unique ways. It's edited in unique ways. So it it like constantly keeps you engaged. In how does he know the answer? How does he know the answer? Where is the answer coming from? How does this specific event tie to this thing that he's experiencing right now? Yeah, so there's just, there's just things direct, like the whole sequence where they're in, where they're doing the tour with the Taj Mahal and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like so much, so much of those things are just forever imprinted on my brain, which is a testament to really good filmmaking. Like the, my, my favorite part about the movie is all of this, all of the technical stuff and how the movie feels watching it. Um, It never feels long. In fact, it feels like it, like I could be, I could watch the movie longer. I could use more movie because it, it just, it just, it just constantly is gripping you and holding you from one scene to the next to the next to the next on his journey to find his one true love. I don't know. It, it's. I think it. I think it loses me a little bit with some of like. I well, I love the way it's presented, but I think it only loses me in terms of how how big it goes with how his experiences tie directly to the questions being asked. But I think that's just a personal hangup. Um, very much, I guess, probably like the up in the air thing. Like, I think that, honestly, the, it's probably better suited if he doesn't get the answer wrong at the end. I guess, I don't, I, or or he does get the answer wrong at the end, as opposed to him just totally guessing and getting it correct. But I love that it's
0: a thread through the whole movie, too. So I don't know.
2: It's It's, I have a complicated relationship with this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I... Especially like that. It's not based off a true story. We find out that like it's actually taken place before the final question. Like he could have gotten the answer right or wrong. And first of all, I don't think he cares, which is the point. 100%. Yeah. If he it, cared, like, he
1: wouldn't have gone for that last question. If he, yeah. He wouldn't. If he wouldn't, wouldn't have about throw, the money. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, or, or he wouldn't have thrown out a, just because, you know, especially like, <laughs> yeah. you know, the 50, 50 line, you know, and he got, mm. he got let on the phone, but if he would have, you know maybe called somebody else instead you know like uh I don't, well he thought he was calling his brother yeah <laughs> i know but yeah, like his brother wasn't gonna know that answer you know um they got beat with the book they didn't get taught it you know <laughs> he uh no i i i really love where the movie ends too uh mm-hmm. um, just with uh like again just it's it's it was never really about it for him he just they just assumed he cheated because nobody had done it before but it's also one of those that's like like yeah he just it's a it's lucky but like they kind of go in to rationally explain why somebody would know this, you know, that, that scene where his mom dies is horrifying. And of course it would be burned into your head. So you would know the symbol, right? The Ben Franklin one is a little like that one to me is the most like <laughs> yeah, gimmicky. Was, yeah. Right. Cause he's talking with the the kid who was turned blind and like, mm-hmm. uh, and he's like, Oh, that's Benjamin Franklin. Saying, yeah. W- whatever. Like, but, but of course, you know, this kid's, First of all, how did he get his hands on an American $100 bill? Second of all, like, anyway, that one's to me a little bit the most finicky, but like, I don't care that much. Like, it's still done in a clever way. And just because his brother shot somebody with a revolver doesn't necessarily mean that he knows that Samuel Colt made it, but like, it means that he's thought a lot about revolvers the last 15 years, you know, or however long. I think he's 18, but he's the last 10 years, you know? So, anyway. Unsung hero of this movie is the host. I think he's so good mm-hmm. in this. Um, and he was one of the ones that I recognized. Have you guys seen this guy before?
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely seen his face. I don't know what movies I might have seen him in, but.
0: The only things I have in IMDb that he's in is he's uh, in Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Then I definitely, yeah, I know him he's there. The, I've seen that he's the like 100%. Indian party host that okay. they have to like send. That makes um, sense. Um, oh, what's her name? Candace Patton. It's not, yes. They have to like send her to go. Or, sorry, Paula Patton. Paula Patton, yeah they have to send her to uh, like seduce him essentially. But he was also in uh in a season of 24 that I, a season or two of 24 that I have seen all of. And let me tell you, just discovered this by looking up his IMDb, but 24 made a Indian version of that show. And he is the Jack Bauer. And I have to see this show as soon as possible. Like
1: <laughs> crazy. <laughs>
0: and apparently like it's pretty good three seasons 8.1 on imdb but like i want to see him be jack power yeah so bad (laughs) yeah he's very entertaining Mm -hmm. yeah i i loved him though like because he's got the like suave you know uh you know every every time he says who wants to be millionaire i was like yes let's go i'm Mm -hmm. in i'm watching this game show and and then every and then he's got his like oh, maybe a little bit of humanity where he's putting the answer on the board. But again, like, can you trust him? Yeah, probably not. Mm-hmm. And then the scene where he freaks out, he's like, you he must be cheating. You know, this is mm-hmm. my show anyway. But also he's like genuinely thrilled and happy, or at least he feels like he is, and, you know, when he actually wins the 20 million rupees. You mm-hmm. know, it's just like, yeah, uh, you know, it's his job. The cameras are on him. He's supposed to have to look happy for him. But you know, who knows? Anyway, I thought, I thought he was stellar. And I just, I loved every second he was on uh, the screen. Oh, yeah yeah and again editing techniques too kind of going back and forth that whole like last final answer with the phone call kind of mm-hmm. like getting the setup to where he's answering as well as latika is um letting you know jamal know like i'm free as well as the the mob boss is finding out that latika is gone and salim freed her and they're gonna go kill salim and salim dying as he wins obviously like hyper stylized mm-hmm. and you know, if it was based off a true story, like that, if you didn't know at that point, like clearly, at the very least, they're going this. You know, mm. but uh, either I again, just really clever editing, really like kind of keeps an energy throughout. I I I just I really dug this movie, and I really dug um yeah, Dev Patel's great in this movie as well. By the way, like I mm-hmm. shame on <laughs> shame on them for not having an Oscar nomination for him. He's so good. Yeah, the one. So I'll say the one.
1: Narrative thing that did not like my big hang up there. I don't buy the brother turning at the very end. Like that felt so abrupt for me because in the scene directly Boy. before he is forcing Latika into a car and like, she's getting like s- sliced across yeah. the face and then nothing happens aside from him continuing on the show. I mean, his brother has Jamal has been incredible and and helpful and thoughtful the entire movie. Um, Salim has been, absolutely ter- the worst brother ever the entire time yeah and then that very last moment he decides to change it i just don't see where that came from like there were many other opportunities where it would have been a little bit easier for me to buy him changing his ways but before- prior to that that just felt like plot convenience for me this is the one thing that i didn't love
0: yeah i mean sure there's there's certainly a little bit of that but uh or, or uh, probably a lot of bit of that um but it, it didn't seem more egregious than anything else in the movie. And, you know, there, there's so much time that passes in between um, each of these events, especially, I think between, you know, the scene where they, she gets taken away at the train station and then the, the like present present day, quote unquote, like, I, I think there's enough time that has passed there that, you know, and he, <clears throat> I think he's kind of realized the damage that he's done to his relationship. And he kind of is having a, a I, bit of a, like,
1: yeah. I just don't think they show that. Yeah, and the, I think yeah, they just show him making things
0: worse and worse and worse. Um, yeah, the, he he never he never even like shows remorse. You know, he really like there's know. never even a moment like where he's like, "I'm sorry that I stole your girlfriend and raped her and kicked you out like when you needed me the most when I was vengeful." Like you know, like yeah, I just don't buy that turn at the end. Like he was. Like yeah, there, he's he's not really remorseful ever so I, you're it's fine. Uh, it doesn't again, ruin again the movie we're talking point. hyper-realized stuff all the time anyway. Like I just think the character like character I buy motivation his turn more than I buy the fact that he would remember let alone encounter Benjamin Franklin on the American 100 dollars bill. Like
1: yeah. I mean, but for me it's like that's that's the conceit of the movie. Like the the <laughs> yeah. progression, the fact that the character quirks didn't quite line up when every other character is really well developed. I was like, "Well, why did I mean, I don't know. I just feel like they could have Switch it a little bit and it would have been better for me. But
0: that's really the main hang up I had there.
1: Like movie, movie wise without outside sources kind of influencing it. I I had a pretty good time.
0: Mm -mm. this is really interesting i think watching um last year for the podcast i watched Lion for the first time too which Mm. are that was an episode i was on very different movies Mm -hmm. but but also like very painful to watch both of them and uh both executed really well and it's just like I, i i just dig movies that are like this i mean again they're they're pretty different in terms of like style and whatnot and even structure and um certainly editing and things like that but uh yeah i'm i really i really like this one I, really, I loved i loved this one i go going mm-hmm. loved it do do i think it was best picture winner good no but i haven't seen milk and i like this more than uh curious case of benjamin button and as mentioned i hadn't I haven't heard of the reader and um, whatever the other nominee was out of those five I've, I've seen two and I liked this one more than Benjamin Button, but like I'd take Wally for best picture over this. i um, I, I really like the dark Knight. I don't, I don't, I'm not as high as that on everybody else, but if it would have been nominated, sure. Dark Knight could win best picture over this one. And that would be fine by me. Uh, but uh, not the but worst I best Re-
1: picture nominee. I'm sorry. Not the worst best picture nominee or winner no it's, it,
0: no, far from it but it's, hmm. it's, it's just one nice. of those where it's like is it quite up to that like parasite standards no is it better than nomad land 100 so <laughs> I haven't okay, seen okay. <laughs> i triggered nash they're very different
2: movies so that...
0: i know but i'm just saying like nomad that shouldn't have even won its year you know it's fine <laughs> yeah it's 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 and, and especially like it feels like a very unconventional best picture winner, especially for when the Oscars were picking pretty safe choices. You know, mm-hmm. it really feels like how did they not give it to Benjamin Button? You know, but also like with Social Network, no, it wouldn't have been that year. Next uh, that year. would have been a couple of years later. Okay, I was like, he wouldn't have had Benjamin Button and Social Network. Then. How, Busy how year, it? anyway. Um, yeah, I yeah, I don't begrudge it at all, but yeah, it's not, it's not. Mm-hmm. If Dark Knight would have been nominated, sure, I could I could see the argument for that over it. But in my heart, Wally wins that year. Yeah, I think I think a lot of things. Is I just I I, yep. I really dug it. And I I was on the movie's wavelength. Worth a watch. Yeah, cool. I love I love that my recommendation is so high for both of you. Mm-hmm. I'll uh I, I I enjoyed all three this week, which is awesome to for hear. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was I a do, good it was a good week of movies. Mm-hmm. I do go up in the air, then Slumdog, then Puss in Boots in terms of my enjoyment, um, but they're all kind of on that border of like and love, mm-hmm. so they're all pretty close. But uh, so my my 2023 first watches are starting off strong. It's these three, and then Breakfast at Tiffany's, which was not as strong. But mm-hmm. listen to last week's episode if you. All right, let's move on to the B plot. Um, let's start off. You know what? Let's start off with the footnote one because we're getting out of Slumdog Millionaire which ends and is this like really like satisfying conclusion ending. You're like, cool, we're all good. And then the credits roll and you're like, all right, I'm going to stand up and get out of my theater seat and leave the seat. Oh, what's this a dance sequence. All right. I guess I'll sit back down. Maybe something important happened. First of all, no, but second of all, Mm -hmm. am I mad? It's there. Not even a little bit. (laughs) So I thought it would be really fun. What are some movies that are not musicals? That you would love to have a dance number over the end credits. I thought this would be really fun. Um, I have one answer for now. I'm sure I can come up with more. Oh, yeah, I'm good to Nash, just do one this. Nash seemed yeah. really excited about this. Uh, Nash, please hit me with your first pick. So I mean, so I have some really off the wall. You're yes, gonna be. I love it. You're gonna I be like, it.
2: this is bad.
0: But I, I want it like here's my goal. I want it to to not fit the movie but also like fit the movie, well, you know, like, like, so, mm-hmm. so the, what, what I kind of ran with was
2: why it works so well. Obviously in some dog millionaire is it, it's a direct homage to Bollywood filmmaking to yes. all like the musical element that so many of those movies have. So I was like, okay, how do we, how, how what is a way I can spin something like this? And I chose drumroll roll, please. The oh. Northman all right well like not the same type not the same type yes like i mean like get that the type of music that like the very throaty chanting mm -hmm. music like Mm -hmm. do do that type of dance number would be very interesting to watch it juxtaposes Mm -hmm. with the with the with the movie, sure, but I, sometimes kind of does too. Like that is a intense movie that ends on this very happy-go-lucky like dance number. I don't know. I think it would be really awesome, <laughs> and just like an absolute off-the-wall way to end that two and a half hour movie experience. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. I'll throw out my pick, and I, again, I might come up with another one or two. But uh, I, I, I thought, what's a movie that like? You know, I think you could expect it out of something like Superbad. Oh, Superbad has this, actually. Mm-hmm. But you could expect it off of, like, super bad like movies, like Anchorman or... Uh, I think comedies. Know, other, like, comedies, yeah, in yeah. general. Yeah. Unless the comedy is a subgenre. Now, if you want to get in that conversation, subgenres versus genre, whatever, it's all stupid anyway. But, like, in terms of, like, what's a movie that you could absolutely see a dance number be tacked on to the end? It, it, it feels not entirely out of place but also certainly not like in line with the rest of the movie and you know what i had a thought for a movie and i was like that oh maybe not that movie because that's perfect but what about its sequel and then i really ran with that idea so you know what why not benoit blanc dancing in front of the burning down castle from glass Onion? i love it totally believe with it. the rest of the cast yeah just doing a victory dance right cutting, in front of the uh, right in front of the building burning down with the Mona Lisa inside
1: cutting to all of the little like cameos that they have like the people like yes. dancing a little H- in the bathtub H- or Ethan Hawke on the pier yeah, 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 yeah kind of Hawke on the
0: pier it, it, it doesn't it please it, Ryan Johnson and if you're listening we know you're starting knives out 3 this year mm. dance sequence in the credits <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> love it awesome you definitely Jackie p- Owen yeah you went the same angle as me like i'm thinking Movie that has intense moments, but ends on a high enough note where you're going to be in the mood to watch something like this. I want a big cast of characters where we can cut to people with different groups, like dancing all across different environments and stuff like that. The Martian just was the first thing that I thought of here. I'm yeah. um, just all of the different like groups of people working in their little stations or whatever, or on the ship, on uh, Mars, Um, there's just so many different actors, like you can just see like Donald Glover dancing just randomly when he's already doing that kind of like weird bit, showing them like his scientific theory with the slingshot and stuff like that. That was just the first thing that jumped in my mind.
0: Well, and the movie's already so soundtrack heavy, right? Mm. It's a very music, music driven movie. Yep without any musical or dance notes. Yeah. Why mm-hmm. not? It's
1: a movie that ends like it's very harrowing. Then they succeed. It's like you, the vibes are high. You're happy. You're feeling proud. And then going right into like people dancing and having a good time. Um, aside from, I guess mm-hmm. that scene where he's like teaching or whatever might kill the momentum a little bit, but mm-hmm. that's exactly what, what came to my mind. All
0: right. gonna throw out another one. There's a moment at the end of this movie, arguably the greatest movie of all time to like general film consensus. And the Godfather ends, right? And Nash. I know I'm I'm just taking aback <laughs> right now. Sorry. The Godfather ends and we got this really iconic ending of Diane Keaton looking into Al Pacino who sat down at Marlon Brando's seat and the door closes and it's very clearly not the Michael that she knows and it's clear it's go time now, directed by Francis Ward Coppola dance sequence <laughs>
1: harder so slightly harder so
0: good work <laughs> more <Slim> Dog millionaire <laughs> if done than right glass onion but like if the idea was again like to me slim because you're right nash the thing about slumdog millionaire though was like i i only knew to expect it because i had just looked up brief letterbox reviews and everybody was like what's that with that dance sequence or like you know was leaning on four or five stars in the dance sequence five stars you know like mm-hmm. So that's the only reason that I knew to expect it. But other than that, it would have hit me like a ton of bricks. I would have probably stopped the movie before it happened because it would have been like, all right, cool, directed by Danny Boyle. All right, I'm out of here. And I probably wouldn't have known about it. But mm-hmm. but because it is there, like The Godfather would be the same thing. I just, you know. <laughs> Keep everybody on their toes. It's, it's not as good as my glass onion pick, but it is more jarring, which... I think it's worth its merit.
2: Yeah, I think I think that the, maybe the perspective that I was having was just like because Slumdog Millionaire, it still feels like I don't know. It still feels within the movie that that like that dance sequence is still occurring. It's like a like a little dessert piece of candy at the end of yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah. But like it still feels within it. And that's what I that was kind of the idea that I was going into with. You just took it a lot
0: more seriously yeah.
2: than I did. And that's OK. And then I. I. Another another version of this that I really really liked in a movie that I didn't really like. Sorry, Robert. But Noah Baumbach's White Noise. The best okay. part about that movie is the end sequence when they're I when agree. they're dancing and they're, it's like a choreographed. So I was like, okay, let's do something quirky. And so I my my head went to a kind of a quirky cast. I think Charlie mm-hmm. Kaufman again. Give me uh, John Cusack, John Malkovich doing something weird and being John Malkovich at mm-hmm. the end of that yes. movie yeah katherine keener just like all mm-hmm. of them mm-hmm. like a like a like that type of ilk of dance sequence that's what i want some choreographed mm-hmm. weird trippy... you had
0: me at malkovich
2: yeah <laughs> and I, did, I just think i think john C- john cusack and john malkovich they would just like go for it they would like really get into it and
1: yeah so... absolutely jack did you have any other answers all mine are pretty easy. Like I thought like maybe one of the Kingsman movies or e- oh, sure. easiest answer for pretty much anything when you want to have a fun time is the nice guys. But you know, yeah, I didn't no- say nothing it. too let out let of the, the
0: record be known. I didn't say it, but I I'm thought i right, <laughs> right there with you. I mean, I think the
1: nice guys is probably one of the, maybe the best comedy of all time. So actually I, I'll was, wish out I now. was
0: thinking, I think it is more fitting and might fit the movie a, a little bit better if it was kiss, kiss, bang, bang.
1: Yeah. Yep. Fair. Yeah. I just want to see the big bumblebee dance.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and the guy in the Nixon mask. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um and uh and the mermaids from the fish tanks. Yep, um, we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. I want to throw out one thing. Just is as an oblig I feel like I have to mention this. But have you guys seen a simple favor with Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick? I love no. that movie. No, Nash. Have you seen the alternate ending? I don't think so. Yeah, you would know if you have seen it because a simple favor. First of all, great movie. It, 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 watch the alternate ending. It literally Paul Feig, like shot. A really well choreographed dance sequence that was the ending of the movie and decided not to use it in favor of what we got and it's like just you like Nash. you can you, you youtube it jack watch the movie and then and then check it out it's, it's, it's wild it's mm-hmm. so good i, I want to throw out one more and it's 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 not out of the realm of like it hit you from left field but um, but I just I love this concept too much. And it's the cabin in the woods, because yeah. can you imagine like every creature like very much like um, like what I have in mind is um, the end of Blues Brothers where um, where they're playing jailhouse rock. And uh, and it's like cutting to each individual person from moments mm-hmm. throughout the film. And it's like everybody gets their little spotlight as they're you know playing jailhouse rock. It's yeah. like I could just I could just imagine that you cut to the pinhead knockoff you cut to the like girl with the dune face hole mm-hmm. you know you cut to the, the 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 did i say the merman yet the merman <laughs> you know you, you cut to the you, you just get get a second to feature all of the creatures that they made and designed for this movie mm-hmm. to just get a little spotlight i just think what a what what a fun way to end that movie would be just in in their little white boxes dancing
1: yeah just fully bankrupt the studio with the cgi budget like go out in yeah, a bang. yeah yeah
0: yeah why not the, the movie was like shelved for a while they could have just worked on it you know in their in their free time yeah anybody else i'm i'm, I'm gonna officially call it quits for me on that yeah for sure i yeah, i got i got my core yeah. key out there <laughs> all right all right, all right uh, let's move on to our other b plot then uh and that is because uh, again that was more of a footnote but sequels that uh, honestly a lot longer than i thought it would take us talking about you know what I thought it was too fun to pass up on. And when are we ever going to get to talk about that B-plot again? But also let's talk about sequels that are better than those. So I don't have a number listed here. Just who wants to throw it out first? And I I just, I say like one for one per franchise. If a movie is like better than the original, like, but it's the third, it counts. It's still a sequel. Um, So I guess where, where things get a little clunky and you use your own parameters, but I'll throw out, like, I have Clerks 2 is better than Clerks 1, but that's all a skewniverse. So, like, I only considered Clerks 1, 2, and 3. Like, I didn't really throw in Mallrats and whatever, you know. So, like, for MCU, I put, like, Captain America trilogy, Iron Man trilogy, Avengers, four movies. So, like, and they don't have to be trilogies. I'll have one on here that's just two uh, movies, but... Mm -hmm. So it, like, it gets a little clunky, however you want it to define, but whatever. I think clerks 2 is better than Clerks.
1: Uh, yeah, I mainly, I talked about before we started that I tried to keep mine to like what could be considered hot decks. Because I do think there are just yeah. a lot of these that are just kind of universally uh, loved. The one that I have mentioned on this podcast before, something that I, I regularly defend is, I guess there's like two, I don't know. Iron Man 3 is not better than Iron Man 1, but it is better than Iron Man 2. And I, I love Iron Man 3. Okay. Yeah, regular. yeah. But my big one is Guardians of the Galaxy volume two is one of maybe my favorite, at least top three or four MCU movies better than the first. I think that thematically it is just absolutely airtight, introduces some of the best characters, one of the better villains of the entire uh, MCU. Um, I think Guardians was done so wrong when it released. I don't know why um, people
0: were a little lower on it than I had anticipated. But uh,
1: volume two is just like impeccable, in my opinion.
0: I think you ask me any given day and I would give you a different like favorite of the three. I think it would mostly mm-hmm. alternate between one and two and probably more often one, but like mm-hmm. I wouldn't begrudge anybody for having either yeah. of the three as their favorite. It's a, it's a great trilogy of movies. For mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> got Ash, anything yet? You got
2: one? I think,
0: okay. Yeah. I have a
2: whole list, so I'm just trying to <laughs> compile. I'll go a little chalky, but I'm going to just, I'm going to go, I'm going to go older first. Yep. The good, the bad and the ugly. I, Oh yeah really really and i'm only i'm only even throwing it out here because i'm not a really big fan of those first two movies i think that they're fine and they're slogs to kind of get through for, in my opinion but the good the bad the ugly comes together is like a perfect pinnacle of like oh sergio leone f- figured out what he was doing and made a incredible film mm-hmm. so that's my most chalky one but like i had to get it out there
0: okay um let's see yeah I, i'm kind of with I'm kind of with you, uh, Jack. Where I kind of want to throw out my like hot take ones, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and some of these will be said on the podcast before, and some of these should be like, I like. I feel like there's some obvious ones. You know, I already mentioned Shrek Two better than Shrek, right? Like, oh boy, just I'm, I'm looking through. I have a letterbox list of this actually, but some of them I'm not sure I agree with. Uh, but you know what? Let's just let's just throw this one out there. Since I already mentioned it earlier, uh, The Kingsman: The Golden Circle is my favorite of the three.
1: Dang that that shocks That's me. Like wrong. better than the first one is surprising to me
0: but you guys just need to watch the golden circle again i've seen it many many times it's (laughs) It's i like it i like it a lot and i i 100 admire and respect that movie especially its decision to essentially kill off everybody in the beginning and restart from zero Mm -hmm. like i i'm sure i would have liked more of the female character but that was the most shocking moment i went 10 times more shocking (laughs) than thanos's snap you know we all saw that
1: coming i went to see that movie um I was would have been 16 or 17 or whatever um, with my group of like high school guy friends or whatever, a bunch of just like dudes, dudes. And I will never forget the moment where Eggsy jumps up and does like the horizontal dodge through the lasso. We like stood like it was like infinity war. We were like cheering. We were so gassed by that. There's some great, like I love it, but.
0: And one of three, one of three 2017 movies to really use and use well country roads take me home yeah it was this one cool. used it the
1: best of the three though yeah that's a good movie I the first one i is i, I too good I, for yeah, me yeah for i agree put yeah. It over it, but i respect mm. the opinion mm. is it me again nope yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> the only <laughs> so. the other hot take so like and i don't even know if this is a hot take these movies neither of them are particularly beloved i'm a huge spider-man fan it's like he's been my favorite character my entire life um, was surprised when they decided to do Venom, but interested because I love Tom Hardy. Mm. Bored to tears by Venom 1. I just could not get engaged at all. The villain sucked. It just, I was mad there was no Spider-Man. And then Venom 2 came out and I was having a blast. That movie is so funny. So like I was genuinely cracking up with like so much of Venom, the actual characters, like lines and quips and stuff like that. The villain was at least trying to be interesting Mm-hmm. I had way, mm-hmm. way better over time with that movie. Like I get it silly and I think it gets hate for being so silly, but
2: um, I think it, it's so fun. Nash Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, yeah I had that one for right. sure.
0: That was one of the two. Yeah. I agree. Leaps and bounds better than the original, which I've come to respect the original and even kind of like, but it doesn't compare. See, yeah, also, I yeah. No, go ahead, Jack.
1: I was going to say it's one of those movies, like the, the visual spectacle of it pushes it over like so much where the fact that I had the ability to be in the theater and see that, um, connected me with it more than, than I could with the first one. Like one special movie.
2: Yeah. I, and I think, I think I, 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 I firmly think that 2049 is a better movie than the original, but I have a Mm -hmm. lot of love for the original and especially Mm -hmm. going back and the greatness of 2049. I don't think can really exist thematically if you don't have that first one. So I, I do have a lot of love for it. And I, I, I think it is actually a, especially for like older movie critic people, I think more movie fans. I think that would probably be a hotter take. Yeah. Because I know people who yep. Blade, Blade Runner is their favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 2049 just absolutely crushes it. Everything is perfect about that movie.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I also like, I think what works about that movie for me the most is like, it. like the original, like has to set it up to where like, you know, we're dealt with the, the replicants idea. And it's only really at the end that we're even meant to question whether or not, harrison ford is a replicant but 2049 is allowed to play with that the entire movie and i i just love the way that 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 movie plays yeah, you know, with the like with the little wooden horse and with the ryan gosling's scream scene it's it's like the way that it plays with it and where you're like well he's he's a replicant right like they've stated that as a fact is he is is he not is he real is he just like you know, uh, First Order, Stormtrooper, and then it's like, anyways. Yeah. Like, the way that it plays with that is just, is just genius. I'll throw out a hot take, I think, and it's because I want, I think this is the best of the franchise. It maybe isn't my favorite of the franchise. It's, it's, it's kind of tied, but I think you could pick one of at least three different movies, and I wouldn't fault you, but I think Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol is the best of the franchise. Yeah,
1: I I would be, I don't think you get many people nowadays who say the first one is the best. Like, one of those sequels is going to be your favorite yeah i don't i still think i I think the hot take
0: is which one i exactly
1: i think i think ghost protocol is great i still i have never felt the way i've felt in a movie when i then the first time i saw fallout like
0: yeah i agree that like fallout's maybe a little bit more like riveting and maybe like i would pop put it on more but like i think that ghost protocol is probably a better movie like that's kind of like it's a hard i I mean I could go either way. And you could even throw Rogue Nation in there. I'd be like, yeah, Yeah. I get it. You know?
1: It's like, which one is a 9.4 and which one is a 9.5. And like, that's where I'm at with those. What else you got? Uh, Those were the main ones I really noted. When I did it, like, I just feel like most of the um, movies, the franchises that I'm seeing, they're just superhero movies. So it's not too interesting. But the only other one that um, I think is another relatively common take, although all three movies are great, great, great movies, uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is. My favorite, I think I like War a lot. Um I like both more than Rise.
0: Both. Are- I I like War the most and I love all three of them. Mm-hmm. But that's been well documented. Yeah.
1: All I mean, it's not like you had any bad movies there. Like those are all yeah. so
2: good. Okay, well, can I can I end on an absolutely absurd movie to even mention on a podcast? Yeah, I mean,
0: I have at least one more. So if you really want to end? That's fine. Oh no, 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 no that's fine. I just didn't know
2: what the vibe was. So mine would my last one would be uh an, an American tale, five goes west. <laughs> oh there you go is it's it's better than the first one, and I don't actually know if that's true. I just I have a lot more love for Five going west.
1: I nice. thought that was the first one. I didn't even know there was another one.
2: No, I think he comes to America in the first. one.
1: <laughs> I've only heard of Five goes west.
2: Huh.
0: <laughs> nice, yeah, I mean, there's certainly there's certainly a lot of these that we could pick that we just haven't because they're obvious, you know, Thoragron is two. the best. I, I don't actually think I agree with that but
2: Paddington 2 is a
0: perfect movie what are you talking so is Paddington
2: I disagree Nicole Kidman is for
0: Terminator 2 is better than Terminator you know Empire over New Hope right like a lot of these that were like yeah you know Aliens. I'm gonna throw out three here real quick at the end I'll just be brief about them but I think uh Mighty Ducks 2 is the best Mighty Ducks movie disagree shut up <laughs> I think Star Trek Beyond is the best of the Kelvin timeline movies. I was going to say that too, yeah. Yeah, I love Beyond. I think it just works on all levels because it it, it, it it is a really good movie and it takes itself like the perfect amount of not quite serious enough. And probably the, my biggest hot take is that I think Scream 2 is the best Scream. But that's what you get when you throw Timothy Oliphant in a movie. No. I'm going to go to the Timothy Oliphant one because I <laughs> am... A man whore for him. Um, so all right. off time. <laughs> what is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you guys want to tell everybody to check out or to stay away from? I'm gonna kick things off. We talked about one George Clooney movie this week with Up in the Air. We talked about more in the intro, uh George Clooney movies, and one that we have yet to mention that I watched this last week for the second ever time, a movie that's great, and if for some reason you haven't seen it, you really should it's oh brother where art thou i think Clooney is absolutely at his best with the coen brother stuff i personally like burn after reading more both the performance and the movie but they're both excellent um i think just i I think it's just burn after reading is a little bit tighter it's 30 minutes less like Mm -hmm. runtime it's just a little bit like a crisper and it's just it's it's a little bit more laughs per minute even though like every and that but I'm not trying to talk down an old Brother we're out that I just think it's like it is it is so good yeah. and if for some reason you haven't seen it um you really need to and it's it's easily among the Coen's best. Mm-hmm. What do you what's your guys' favorite Coen Brothers movies? Like I probably go Burn After Reading, then oh Brother, then Fargo. It's it's just got to be the Big Lebowski for me. Yeah. I don't like the Lebowski that much. I think it's I think it's good, but it's fun. It's not. Fargo's great. And I really like No Country for Old Men, but like No Country, Country is probably my number two. I'll always lean their comedy stuff. I'd probably
1: that. I mean, either Fargo or Oh Brother were Art though, but Hail Caesar's super underrated. I don't think it's a lot of Caesar. super Caesars underrated. As
0: well. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe Driveaway Dolls will be our new number one, you know? Hopefully. That's not a Cohen Brothers movie. That's only one of them, excuse me. Cohen <laughs> Brother. Shut up, man. <laughs> 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 Nash, what is your uh what is your? Since I just told you to show up, what is your uh, spin-off? I feel like <laughs> I feel like I have to.
2: It's going to be a hard pivot to, uh, tone wise. Uh-huh, I, uh-huh. I saw the zone of interest last night. <laughs> it's it's really
0: really hard pivot. Yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> Probably can't get more harder of a pivot, but it is. I think it's incredible. I think it is a master class in filmmaking, specifically a master class in sound. I don't know. If it might be the best use of sound in any movie I've seen, I'll just is in the 2020 decade so far. Uh, I think it is. It holds a mirror up in front of every single human being and asks you to take a look at yourself a little bit. It's obviously like you're probably not a Nazi, but I'm just saying.
0: (laughs) But in other ways, you can can remove the probably. You know, (laughs) I don't need that doubt in my life.
2: But uh. It's a. I just want to also I want to talk about Sandra Huller is in two of the best movies of the year from around the whole world. Anatomy of a Fall in, in Zone of Interest. She's in both of them giving equally incredible performances, very different performances. Yeah, I all the, like I, I feel very lucky that we had two like really incredible like world movies that like, oh, my gosh, these are so good. Uh, I feel like I've-
1: Sorry, I, I feel like everything I've heard about this movie, I haven't seen it yet, but everything I've heard is the sound specific, Did it get a sound nom? It did. The, it okay, did. I
2: wasn't sure about that. And it's like, it's the it's the sound nomin- it's, oh I'm not super, like, I don't like really care a whole bunch about who wins Academy Awards. Like, it's just a fun time for me. But I like, mm-hmm. I really, really, really want Zone of Interest to win Best Sound because of how integral it is to the, like the, how the movie works. It's
1: one of those like Oscars where it's like, you don't, really think about the best sound in a movie until it like you experience it like Mm -hmm. the last time i'm thinking of like mad max fury road i was like Mm -hmm. oh the sound here is so important to what i'm experiencing so that's
2: super cool and it always and i feel like sometimes it can go to like most sound will be and i'm like no it's in this case it's (laughs) like the opposite
0: Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. good movie
2: yeah i want to check that one out for sure
0: nash recommending a best picture nominee
2: yeah
3: how brave how brave <laughs> how
1: brave oh you, you think you're being you're being brave well speaking of things that are universally loved i feel like most of the time when aaron and i get together we talk about video games a little bit yeah yeah i wanted to like i wish my my shout out could be anything aside from this but this has been my entire life for the past like two weeks Yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 is as good as everybody says it is. Like, it's it's unbelievable. I I picked it up four or five months ago, played like an hour of it, and I just wasn't feeling it at the moment. And then once it we got back to talking about games of the year and everything like that, it obviously got every single little mention it possibly could. And so I picked it back up and have not done pretty much anything else since. Mm -hmm. I I mean it's just taken over my life. The character it's the best story I've experienced in, in a medium and in a hot minute. The acting is so incredible. The mechanics are so, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a masterpiece. Like I don't, it's just one of those things. Like I'm bummed. I, I won't play another game like this probably for like 15 years. So
0: is it? what's the vibe of the game? Cause I I've heard a lot about it, but is it, is it like a Diablo like strategy or is it, like, that's what I thought. It's, or is it not? I mean,
1: it's like, it's, it's D D like it is the official licensed Dungeons and Dragons game effectively taking place in that world. It's yeah, World of Warcraft. If you haven't played it you select a class fighter yeah. spell like anything like that and you level them up you have a party of characters it's so hard it is a genuinely challenging game it's not often you like get a is game it- like this and yeah i mean it's 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 one of those things where you will you get games where It says every decision matters and you're like, oh yeah, sure. And then in Baldur's Gate 3, you save the life of a random frog and then they're the one who pops up 120 hours later to help you save the day. Like It just is completely unbelievable how the storytelling weaves together it's it's good job I frog. Understand. yeah
0: i'm gonna save every frog i find
1: <laughs> it's it's so good yeah
0: as somebody whose entire history of dungeons and dragons is exclusively in the chris pine movie and the yep. board game munchkin um what mm-hmm. i like which is not a dungeons and dragon affiliated thing but that's about as close as i've mm-hmm. gotten what first of all what i do i need to have any prior history Mm-mm. okay no i wouldn't say so. i
1: mean i've i played a lot of dungeons and dragons so i can't give you the perfect answer here but like it does everything for like the hardest part about creating a dungeons and dragons character, like on paper is keeping track of all of the little abilities you have but when you have it in a game format where it's not going to let you accidentally cast two fireballs back to back without having the resources like it's the perfect framework you need to be able to enter into that world um, with a story created by like actually bafflingly
0: talented storytellers two more follow-up questions number one is it like a third person or like a first person or is it like like a top-down like map? strategy something
1: it's like you can kind of control the camera a little bit more most of the time it's like third person right behind them like but you can go top down like once you get into like these really big fights where you are genuinely fighting off like 300 not 300 but sometimes there were at the top of the screen you have the turn order where it's has a little picture of which character which npc gets to attack next or anything like that there are times where your entire monitor will be filled with like goblins or cold or anything like that you're just fighting like one round of combat can take like 35 minutes. Like you're just sitting coaches. there waiting for your turn to pop up. I mean, it's not for everybody. Like it's so much is not for everybody, but if you well, get this and you play it and you enjoy it, you will have like endless enjoyment.
0: Well, that was my next question. Is it co-op? Yes. All right, will you guys play with me?
3: I mean, we can't.
1: It's <laughs> the you, only
0: way. You got to got it.
1: It's like a whole campaign thing where you create you have like four characters, um like upwards of four cooperative characters and you can play through the entire story with people.
0: I think that's the only way I'll ever wind up playing this game. Let's <laughs> yeah. get a stiff pop crew together. Because, and I mean, play yeah. Baldur's Gate three. It,
1: it could be fun for sure. Is it crossplay? That's a good question. I don't know that.
0: Mm.
1: Not I'm not Maybe. sure off the top we'll of my head.
3: Out.
0: Well, that's a wrap. Remember, you can follow Jack and uh, Nash at the places they list at the top of the below. I'll have their letterboxed uh, handles in the show description. Uh, check me out at social media places at Schweik Castle. Um, quick reminder, Sip Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You check out other great shows at StudioDNA.media. And if you're interested in writing for SifPop.com um, you, or you want to get into contact with the show, like send us a question, explore during the B-plot, then email writersroom at SifPop.com. And please don't forget to leave your review on iTunes Spotify if you're listening over that way. Next week, um I thought this was the birthday treat, but next week, um Frank and Chris are joining me to talk about the mummy and die, live for your die hard <laughs> and wow. uh, that just feels like the perfect pairing of writers and movies and i I'm ready guys. Um and I better get started now because in two weeks Joe and Jason are gonna be talking with me about the uh, Swedish dragon tattoo trilogy. so the Stieg Larssons mm-hmm. ones starring Numi Rapers. yeah. Mm-hmm. I Nice. Awesome. Uh, I'm excited to check those out. But thank you guys for checking out the movies and talking with me for almost three hours this of week. Of course. Really appreciate it. Uh, this is a blast.
3: Any final words? Thanks for having us. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Good time.